0: It's time, finally, the show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture.
1: It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. That's right,
0: Chewie. Welcome, everybody, listening locally in Carson City, Reno, Northern Nevada, on KNBC
2: 95.1
0: And who FM. says we
2: don't get the celebrities? Yes, we, we do. do.
0: And online at www.knbc.org, nationwide and in over 26 countries. And it wasn't, uh, what's his name?
2: Um, Peter Mayhew? Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. him, because A,
0: he passed away, and B, because he would be on strike right now, so he wouldn't right. be able to be in here as Chewbacca anyway. So That is very true. So, regardless, uh, Mr. Spencer Stoner, Mr. Rob Nault, and I, Jimmy Jones, are here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Oh, yeah, and uh, Chewy is here, too. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot him. I don't want to get my arms pulled off. Um, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture inter- entertainment. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday the best informed person you know as we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons and events, toys and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms, this week, Mr. Tony San of Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the movies set to release this coming week. Our guests this evening, yes, I did say it is a plural, it's guests. Uh, First up will be owner and operator of Boykin's Cosplay and the president and co-founder of Cosplay for Kindness, Brandon Boykin's. We'll be talking with Brandon Boykin's about all the activities Cosplay for Kindness is involved in throughout Northern Nevada. The upcoming events they will be attending and how you can join Cosplay for Kindness and the upcoming Cosplay for Kindness fundraiser at the Sparks Nevada Coffee and Comics location this Saturday, July 29th to help Cosplay for Kindness obtain their 5013C nonprofit classification. Also in the show, we will be talking with co-founder and executive director of the Cordilla Cordillera International okay. Film Festival. I almost had my first mess up with that name, to, so <laughs> keep track of that one. It's a drinking game. Every time I mess it up, you had yeah, to take play. a drink. You,
2: know? <laughs> you could. No, I, I just would really... But not I'd not want that. you
0: to drive home at the end of I, the, the show. That's why I said yeah. we can't play. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I just pray that Cthulhu doesn't show up. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. when we
0: get to the constant events. That's where there's a couple highlighted on there for you. I did send that to you, right?
2: Um, I don't think so, actually. Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're going to be reading off my screen. (laughs)
2: Luckily, they're still highlighted.
1: Indeed. All
0: right. uh, (laughs) We'll be talking with... uh, Cordillera International Film Festival and film director Emily Skyle Golden. The Cordillera International Film Festival is one of the top 100 reviewed film festivals in the world, according to Film Freeway, and has been voted one of the 10 top 25 coolest film festivals in the world, according to Movie Maker Magazine, and it's right here in Northern Nevada. We'll be talking with Emily Skyle-Golden to provide you with all the information you will need for the Cordillera International Film Festival's 150-plus films, the all-star panels, the red carpet events, and the parties happening around the Reno area July 27th through July 31st. All of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show tonight. To add your voice, you can call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show or anytime during the show, you can also send me a DM through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. Um, it will be read on the air and uh, responded to. Just uh, bear in mind, and unless it uh, is something inflammatory or uh, just something that cannot be read on FCC regulated uh, radio, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always keep that in mind. Uh, but if that's do we have a, any, um, any? what emails this week? Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, you are, and you are always welcome to call. Or if you're too shy for the phones, you can send that DM through the Facebook page or. If you don't have time to comment during the show, but would still like to say something, you can reach us 24 7 by sending us an email with your questions, comments, or concerns to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. You're welcome, and uh, just follow these simple instructions. Uh, Put in the subject line question, comment, concern, or my fandom in the subject line. In the body of the email, please add your first name. I will not read email addresses on the air. The city, state, or country that you live in, then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for it not to be, or you can't follow those simple instructions on how to uh, send an email. And uh, where are my... There it is. All right, first up, Mike in Orlando, Florida. Is the San Diego Comic Con dying?
2: Hmm. Uh, it's been kind
3: of dying for years. <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's going now. They're they were talking that this year it's going back to its roots, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which it needed to do. I yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I
3: think it's gotten way out of proportion. Yeah, you can't, as a normal fan, you can't really attend unless you're like super, like, fan, I guess. I, I mean, I've well, never been able to well, get tickets. Or, or, your, <laughs> or your, <laughs> you
0: mean, Do you mean super fan or rich? Or, 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 the, or your grandparents. Will you their tickets? Right, that's what I mean. It. Like, it's, like, it's like a five-year waiting list. Yeah, no, for, exactly. For stuff like that. So for that particular con, I don't think it's dying uh, per se. I, I think I, I'm kind of in agreement with Rob that it needs to go back more to its roots of being a Comic-Con instead of a showcase for the uh, movie studios. Yeah. Because uh, that's all Hall H has turned into.
3: It, and yeah. it's this year it's big with that because there's no celebrities. Like, I just was seeing, like, a whole Jurassic Park experience that you go through and you can take pictures with, like, everything. The scene with the... Um, Dilapidosaurus and everything. I'm glad you drew off now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm glad it's not just oh. me. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, dinosaur names I could heat. never get. Oh, D- D- that that was, that's what I, just, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would have just. That dinosaur <laughs> with four legs and a tail.
3: Yeah, that one. But uh,
0: yeah, no, they have the, they have
3: this scene with the toilet and the T Rex. You know? oh. yeah, so, I mean, like that's like kind of cool, but
0: it's like that's not comics. That's movies. That's, yeah. yeah. See, and if they went back to, I know that, uh, well, there's been uh, this. We're not going to be able to get to all this information, but there was a lot of stuff out, uh, you know, regarding toys, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, toys and comic book news as well. The Punisher thing was uh, actually revealed this week that I brought up last right. week. Um, so, you know, just all kinds of stuff that actually is more pertained to a Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, games are also part of a Comic Con too. There was some game information too. I think the coolest thing right now is uh, Hasbro Labs um, has announced that they're doing a Ghost Ship. From uh, rebels. Ahsoka. Oh, nice. Okay. so it's actually going to be a ship, kind of like the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. or any of the. Oh, or, oh yeah, the the like the, 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 the rebels' in the show is.
2: It's actually called the Ghost. Yes, yeah, yeah. the Ghost so, yeah. ship.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ship called Ghost. How You're about the... that? <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> I
2: was like, I, because when you said Ghost ship at first, I'm like. What ghost ship? I mean, what At first I was there's thinking so of many the movie different ghost, ghost ship. Of...
3: I'm going, well, that's kind of the cool thing they're getting yeah. in on like the horror. Yeah. yeah but, you, but then you, you said, said you Star Wars. You put the and...
1: figures <laughs> on the top and you have a line that comes know, across right? and decapitates <laughs> them all. Yeah. They all <laughs> come yeah. in half. Yeah. yeah. But when you
2: said Star Wars, that got my that got my nerd cackles up. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah.
0: Know. So, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, they just uh, announced it today actually. Is that it going to come
3: out when Ahsoka comes out? or? Oh,
0: no. This is one of those things where they're going to do the whole funding thing. and then You'll
3: like, uh, see it in like three years. Know, different
0: tier... Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's going to be really cool. It looks cool. I saw the pictures of it already.
2: So. Nice. You'll yeah, we'll see it for Ahsoka season two in three years. <laughs> right. Yes, basically, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, what else has come out? Uh, a bunch of uh, comic book announcements. Uh, uh, Todd McFarlane announced mm-hmm. that he's going to be doing five more uh, con- uh, Spawn comic books. So that cool. was that was really you know so a lot of stuff can come out of this. It doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. Hollywood centric. Um, so you Ms. Know. Marvel
3: is now going to be a mutant. She's not going to be inhuman anymore in comic form either.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I thought she they killed her in Spider Man.
2: That's it's, and they're rebooting Marvel, her as a mutant. The, yeah.
0: Oh, well that's dumb. Yeah, it's Marvel. They'll uh, <laughs> they're you know, they're they trying better. to kill off
3: all the inhuman. like. That's a retcon, it. Yeah, uh, but they're trying to I, kill off all the inhuman. That yeah. was so bad. That, like... <laughs> that is pretty bad. And pretty sad, too, at the yeah. same
0: time. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's dying. I just think it needs to get back to um, where it's not Hollywood-centric. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's kind
2: of what I was trying to say, is that the, the, the Hollywood portion should die off. Mm-hmm. You know, let the, let the tumor rot. <laughs> yeah. What say, well, things, yeah. yeah. What do you say, Chewy? have
3: their own things, too.
0: Yeah. What do you say, Chewy? Chewie? I guess uh, you know,
3: like Disney has the D twenty three convention every year. Mm-hmm. That they announce they do their, but you know, stick with that Universal. You know, do something with your pass holders for all your Universal. I just think movies, it needs to be more you know?
0: balanced. I, uh, you know, fifty, per, you know, twenty five percent this, twenty five percent there, that, you go, twenty five percent that. You know, yeah. get it all, and that way everything's covered, because um, there, there's there's a lot of stuff that gets missed if everybody's just waiting around to hear from. Whatever, you know, director has to right. say about whatever right. movie. I mean, Marvel. Or waiting for the next preview. Or... Right. I mean, Marvel doing their little timelines for their movies. Yeah, that should be safe for D23. I mean. Yeah. Not not for the San Diego Comic
3: Con. Especially when they move it all around 15 million times for the 18th time.
0: <laughs> and um, for, for everybody who's uh, probably is hopefully associated with any of these uh, entities, um, spread it out to other Comic Cons you know there you go yeah and, and the smaller comic cons would love to have a presence from uh, say an idw publishing mm-hmm. or marvel or dc so right. spread it out i mean find some places that are willing to and and you know be a, an ambassador for your brand and let them set up shop at a, at their local comic con under your name and you know there you go so Like a franchise. Yeah. And if you decide to do that, uh, I get 5%. (laughs) It'll help your sales because, you know, I think a lot of the comic book companies now, I mean, the artists and the writers, they do their part by going to Comic-Con. Yes. Um, But But uh, it's got to be more on the companies themselves because it seems like the companies like DC and Marvel are segregating themselves out and putting themselves uh, out of reach of, the well, people who actually read their even comics. Even with that Maybe model, because they don't want to hear how bad they're doing. but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But um, but even with that
3: model, they don't, you know, you don't get to see all the writers. Sometimes they don't even go past, like, their hometown conventions, you True. know? So a lot of times, even though they're putting them out there, you got to hit these little small guys in order to see the ones that you want to see.
0: Yeah, which is uh, fine, depending on the con you go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have a, I mean... I don't want to sound like I'm tooting their horn all the time, but, you know, that's the that was the cool thing about Colossus Girl Entertainment and their forever pass and being able to go to every single one of their cars Right. Yeah, no,
3: exactly. In the area, you're like, you know, so-and-so is not going to be at this one. But, oh, I wanted to see him. Oh, he's going to be over there. Oh, yeah. I bought my pass. I don't have to worry about paying again. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like season passes. Speaking of, a, those. <laughs> speaking of Judith from Sparks Nut, I hope that answers your question, Mike. Uh Judith from Sparks Nevada any word on if and when the Silver Age Comic Con will return. Um what uh oh. Colossus Girl Entertainment has no date as of yet, but last year they were uh their the uh 2022 Silver Age Comic Con was on June 11th and they didn't announce the uh, date for the 2023 Silver Age Comic Con until August of 2022, so give them a little time. Yeah, and
2: mm-hmm. I didn't hear anybody humming a har and going, maybe, maybe not. No, it sounds like it's pretty definite. It's gonna, I was gonna happen. Say it seems like it was more successful this year than last year.
0: Um, it's grown, it grew. Yeah. So it's, it's been from what I understand.
3: So it just
2: seems yeah. to me like
3: yeah, it would be a wise investment for them. Yeah, <laughs> well, I
2: think the only question is, are they going to try to do one one day again, or are they going to expand it? To like two? I said, yeah, exactly. I would expand it to two.
0: From but, what Dave was saying, uh, Dave Halworth, uh, they want to expand to two days. But then again, it depends on Nevada's taxation board because uh, I guess they were huh. like two years now in a row they were kind of being really. I How's the taxation board involved? Uh, because you got a bunch of people selling stuff. Yeah, uh, vendors have to fill vendors. out their own tax gotcha. forms and everything. Yeah, yeah so and uh, the, the first year what they they literally went from table to table and it just drove people away. Wow, <laughs> you know, there's like. Uh, You'd have a, uh, you know, somebody, a small, you know, person who usually sells their stuff on Etsy or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they get a booth at a Comic-Con, and all of a sudden, you know, the taxation board's in their face, and people don't want to go around when, you know, somebody's being hammered by the man. Well, yeah. Uh Yeah. And uh, plus, you know, some of these people are like, well, I didn't know I was supposed to bring this stuff, so they had to pack up and leave, and all this other stuff. Eric's just—I guess Eric's laughing out loud. So I guess uh, he's been on the ground rolling around after the Chewbacca. No, oh, okay. Stuff. I'm like, what's he? <laughs> he's laughing about. You, you want rom- to say hi to Eric Chewbacca? <laughs> 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 That don't fit too well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So give them a couple a little bit uh, longer. um, They will be announcing. And, of course, uh, or if you want, just follow the Pop Culture Boom newsfeed when they post about it. I will be posting about it on the Facebook. So there you go. So if you had any questions, comments, or concerns, or if you want to email, feel free. All right. Let's get to the Phoenix question of the week. And it is, uh, the Phoenix Question of the Week, what was your favorite toy growing up and do you regret n- not having it or do uh, you regret how much it would be worth today? Um, he says hi to Chewy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a response here. Yeah,
1: well,
2: you <laughs> said a Chewy.
0: Yeah, that sounded kind of disgruntling. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's start with Spencer. What was your favorite toy growing up, and uh, do you regret how much it would be worth today?
2: Well, I, I loved my Masters of the Universe toys, those things were awesome. I mean, those things could take a beating, and 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 uh, I, and I loved how the or the original ones had the squishy heads with the hard plastic bodies. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were just so much fun. Man of War, you yes. twisted his head to get his three faces. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, tri-clops, know, was, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. triclops, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. triclops. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and and oh yeah, and many faces, just like mm-hmm, you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he had the button that you press it and went yep. and spun around. Was yeah. it just
0: me or the, did you like really hammer that button? To oh make yeah, him, like, yeah, make and him you just move go, like The Exorcist in there.
3: They had the added touch to you know like um, Gringer had the velvet fur. Oh yeah, know, Gr- but yeah, it was Gr- plastic with the <laughs> velvet. You know, yeah, so like, you, <laughs> you touched it
0: too much. It was like touching a tarantula. It all came off. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. those
2: toys were awesome, and uh, I don't regret not having them because it was just so much fun and, at the moment. And
0: yeah, it's like what the old Star Wars. Well, do you regret Wars? not having them now, and how much are they uh, worth?
2: No, because they they definitely served their purpose in the day and. When they when they left me, it was typically in a very climactic way. <laughs> oh yeah. Say, <laughs> uh, so. we used to have a lot
0: of GI Joes. They weren't my favorite toy, but boy, those things went great with the M80s and, and TV I, guns. Was,
2: <laughs> we always blew up GI Joes. Oh, I, don't I know. know. I, the, yeah, I, the, yeah. No, it was war, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was looking at prices like three thousand to one thousand dollars wow. on on some of these old figures. It's so tempting, Ooh. but no, I don't regret I don't regret any moment of, of abuse of the toys I, I played with.
0: Eric in Whittier, California says he had the six million dollar man playset. Ooh. Oof. Oh. Oof man. I remember that one. That one was great too. Uh Rob, how about you? Um, well I
3: had my brother had the He Man stuff. I had the Star Wars. I mean I had I had the whole thing i at one point i actually had all the dark side ships fighting the light side ships hanging from my ceiling wow wow. Wow. so yeah
0: um you must have been rich (laughs) um no but
3: it was like basically the only present i would get every year so um i was a you know december Christmas baby. So oh, was, so you got the Christmas uh, yes, slash birthday. Exactly. Present. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Except for my parents, but usually like, you know, the money I would money was good. So it was <laughs> especially back then to buy those things. Because oh, nobody yeah. would nobody like supported that back then. You no, know? They, no, they didn't. <laughs> but um I actually still have all mine. So oh they're all they've all not in boxes. I think the only thing I have in a box still is my Emperor Palpatine that Jedi send away for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wait for him to come by mail. Like, <laughs> oh, that, had, that is going back. I had the uh,
0: I had the hand Solo. Uh, remember when with the, re, with the oh. no, the, with oh. the removable stormtrooper helmet. Oh, okay. Remember that one? Yeah, I had that one. You had to eat all the cereal to send off for it, and it was horrible cereal too. Right? They never put they never put those offers on the good cereal. I can yeah. tell you that. No, mine that
3: was easy because it was the counter one. So you had to collect all the coins.
1: Oh. and then you had
3: to mail the coins in so you had to buy so many basically it was you know basically like what they have now like at Starbucks buy 10 get one free you know like. oh okay
0: <laughs> yeah mine, mine, you, the one I got you had to clip off the little things off mm-hmm. of the uh, oh, I remember, box, I remember. box tops or whatever yep, uh, yep. mine was uh, the Mega Bug Gladiators you guys don't remember that one do you <laughs>
3: that sounds vaguely familiar no but no I honestly don't alright
0: well I'm glad I cut out the whole thing there about them uh. <laughs> Megabug Gladiator's Combat Machine of the Future. Uh, there were three vehicles, Mega Spider, Scorpion Megabug, and Dragonfly Megabug. Uh, Megabug gla- Gladiators were a toy line released by Kenner in 1979, described as combat vehicles of the future, half insect, half machine. Uh, <laughs> it's probably fair to say the short-lived toy line was ahead of its time. The concept was fairly simple. Insect vehicles, basically a cross between Transformers and Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. But it was they came out a few years before either were created. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. I'm going to pull up a picture just to show you guys I was going to say, I might know what yeah, it is okay. if you,
2: if I see it. Yeah, with but, the description, it's like I was getting less and less familiar with it, with every, every <laughs> word with you were every word, saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and we had all three, because I remember those things. And I had Mega Spider, and okay. uh, it tells you how back, far back my goth roots go. Um, I would actually, because we had bunk beds for me and my little brother here, Okay. and I took the bottom bunk for some reason. But I think it was because um, Mega Spider, uh, the I don't know what the back end of a spider's called. Um, you got but, me. The back uh, end of a spider. Well, I'll just call it the
2: abdomen for now. Um, well,
0: because that's where the legs are. Is the, the thorax? Thorax. Okay. Thorax. Yeah. Um, had a uh, grappling hook, kind of like how sh- spiders shoot you know, guys <laughs> okay. out. It had a grappling hook, and I would hang it so that it was, when I went to bed, it was hanging right there in front of me. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> I thought it was. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, these uh, let me see if I can pull up a picture here. Yep, there they are. So, that is Megascorpion. And my little hmm. brother had Mega Scorpion. Oh, it had a wrecking a... ball at the end of its yes, tail. It, huh? actually, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, pretty cool, a little like mace. And you push a button on the top of it, and, and the tail would actually curl up. Cool. So <laughs> that I would like flip the mace thing around.
2: Oh yeah, it's something you couldn't do nowadays.
0: No. Yeah. Well, you probably could, um, <laughs> but it would have to it would be like a foam be... ball or something. Yeah, I was like. going to
2: say they'd have to change
0: the. And here's Mega Spider. Kind of. You, it's still. On, this one's still in the box. It looks like an ant. <laughs> Fair enough. Still. So, <laughs> social
3: so bigger... Only because like you know what? I mean, back then they all they were things were very poorly like
0: designed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they weren't the greatest design at all. Um, but uh and then they had the uh, dragonfly. I think cuz uh, it was me and my two brothers when older when. Right, younger. right, yeah, yeah. My little brother, I got the scorpion, I got the spider, and my older brother, I believe he got the dragonfly. He hated it, so we ended up with it, but um um Right now, yes, I do regret it because I thought they were really cool. It was a short-lived toy line. Um, uh, I wish it would have – that That, that kind of got really good – gotten cool with other, like, insects and stuff. Can right. you imagine, like, a rhinoceros beetle that looked like a vehicle? <laughs> stink that... bug. Well, I don't want a stink bug. You
3: remember the, you had the slime things and stuff like that? You could
2: totally, yeah. like, do something with oh, the yeah. stink oh, bug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and like Steemcore in in the Mar- in, in the Masters of the Universe line yeah. that actually made it so like they had scratch and sniff stuff that was just terrible. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, just terrible. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, we're late. We're late. late. I'm
3: sorry. We got we got way caught up.
0: We are got to take this hard break like now. So yeah. we'll be right back with more Paul Culture Boom Radio Show. What is your favorite toy? Uh, please let us know. And uh, we'll be uh, right back after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And uh, we are back. And uh, just to finish off the last segment, uh, we were talking about the uh, toys we grew up with. You can call in if you have any that you remember, Seven seven five five one five four one four one. 515 In regards to uh, finishing off about talking about the Megabug Gladiators, uh, mainly the reason why I probably don't have mine still to, to this day is because my older brother, I'm not, I'm not kidding about this. I'm going to throw him under the bus right
1: now.
0: <laughs> he deserves it. Uh, he took a... Uh, uh, my mega spider and my little brother's mega scorpion uh-huh. and took them to school and sold them. Sold <laughs> wow. them? He sold them. Wow. To to line his own pockets. <laughs> huh. We found out about it, you know, quite some time later. Very upsetting mm. to this day.
2: Yeah. yeah. My only horror story is that I had a, my buddy doll and that, and I accidentally watched child's pl- child's play as a child. And, stuffed them in the deepest, darkest corner of my closet after that.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's get into uh, the big story of the week, and it is the WGA strike is now officially in its 82nd day, and the SAG-AFTRA strike is in its uh, 10th day. Uh, There's been a lot of confusion around actor guests in regards to cons and events, who can still be at them, and what are the restrictions if they are. Luckily for those out there... Luckily for those out there who are con and fan expo organizers, event coordinators, and locations that have actor-guest appearances, i.e. comic book stores, um, coffee shops, etc., that listen to this radio show, I do have some ground rules that have come out. And a shout out to Rose City Comic Con for taking the time to put this together and for also sharing it. And uh, here it is. uh, Number one, autographs guests who are members of SAG-AFTRA cannot provide anything to sign which depicts them as a character from their struck work, Uh, meaning only generic headshots will be provided at their autograph table. However, if you bring a photo or item from a struck production, it is okay for them to sign. Note, in solidarity, actors, actresses reserve the right to decline to sign any items from struck work.
3: Right, that makes sense.
0: Also, be respectful. If right. you go up to somebody and with a with a Funko doll and ask them to sign it, and, and they, they say, no. say no because you know no, respect that. Don't yes. get mad. I mean,
2: because the strike won't last forever, and you'll and you'll likely get another chance to get it. Autographed well, not someday. only
0: that, I mean it. it We are talking about uh, a union strike. It is their likelihood. So be respectful of the fact that they have certain um, obligations as union members that they have to follow. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying be respectful if they do decline Mm -hmm. for anything like that. Now, this one might need a little bit more clarification. Um, I got to try and find some information on it. Um, And number two is photo ops. Guests who are members of SEG aftra can take photos with fans. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't say if they can decline taking a photo with you if you are cosplaying as one of the characters from a struck production. So I don't know how that plays out. Um, Like I said, I got to dig deeper and see if I can find any information on that. Um, This is just what the Rose City Comic Con has put out. So um, that is something that... uh, it has to be looked into. I would more. be on
3: the safe side and say that, that if they say no, then respect. Uh, yeah, yeah, just yes. like with the headshots,
0: I'd exactly. say it's probably someone long. Just same be lines. respect. Well, mm-hmm. or the uh, or the Funko Pop. Yeah, example. yeah, exactly. Um, number three panels. Guess who are members of SEG AFRA can participate in panels and Q and As. However, they are not permitted to discuss struck projects. Right. Uh, general topics are fine, such as questions about their pro their process. Uh, why they wanted to be an actor? What they like, dislike about working in the industry? Their private work or charities, etc. Any fans who ask about the actress' projects will have their question politely declined. That makes sense. Uh, yep. Um, yeah. So do some research on the person. Um, at some point in time, they did some independent film work. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. ask them about that. Well, um, not
3: only that, but don't forget too if they ever if they did anything with ooh, the Broadway, UK, yeah, you know, or Broadway, yeah um because those are not sagastra you know yeah.
0: so do a little research uh, and uh, and uh, they would be actually appreciate somebody who goes and digs deep and asks them these questions right. from when you were 30... 17 <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do porn. (laughs) (laughs) If you still need further guidelines or more information about members of SAG-AFTRA, this is for any uh, con uh, organizer, et cetera, that is listening, Uh, appearing at conventions and fan expos. Please visit www.sagafrastrike.org, all one word, backslash cons hyphen appearances hyphen FAQs. All right, and, uh, and uh, just something a little disturbing that has come up out of all of this um, uh, and that has uh, required clarification from a number of sources is the um, cosplaying while also, you know, at a con, an event. And yeah. uh, here is someone named uh, Sarah McGonagall. I, I, I assume that's how it's been. M-C-G-O-N-A-G-A-L-L. Yeah, that sounds
2: mm-hmm. that sounds accurate. Right.
0: Important for any content creators and influencers, SAG is asking that you do not, in big, bold capitals, uh, cosplay any movie or TV characters from current, in big, bold capitals, or past, current I mean, big, bold capitals, mm-hmm. productions, that would promote the studios that are currently being struck. Uh, doing so will be considered crossing the picket line.
3: Who is this person?
0: I have no idea who this person
2: is, and that's why we can ignore them.
0: Um, <laughs> and uh, and but the SAG after strike further clarification mm-hmm. for content creators. Now the, now the, I think the terminology here is pretty pretty specific. So uh, we are asking folks not to do cosplay if it would promote Struck Productions. Yes, you can promote comics, books, and games, as this is not Struck work. That being said, performers are being asked to refrain from promoting Struck work, including past productions that would have been Struck if produced today. So so obviously this Sarah person took that completely out of context. Other people are taking it way, way out of context and basically saying... um,
2: They're saying not to cosplay. At all,
0: yeah. Period. Um, if yeah. it's if it's anything from say Disney or Marvel or DC or et cetera, uh, yeah, uh aliens or whatever, don't do not cosplay at all, or you're a scab, and we'll yeah, call yeah. you out for it. Anyway. Yeah, that's, yes. And that's
3: not that that's not true at all.
0: That is not true, and that is just wrong on face value yes. uh, for a number of reasons. First off, um, people have freedom of choice. If you mm-hmm. choose to cosplay, it is a
2: hobby. Yeah, Cause I know I haven't signed anything with SAG after. Yeah,
0: me neither. Or, or with Sony or with, uh, you know, right. any of the companies that are being I did strong. a long time ago. But. And so we can't, cr- <laughs> we can't cross a picket line. We're not a part of, um, so, uh, that I think on face value and be to a lot of the, not all, but some of the people that I know that cosplay, they are very um i'm trying to find the right wording here introverted um, yeah they're they're very socially introverted and doing cosplay is their way of expressing themselves in a manner in yeah. for social
2: consumption yeah mm-hmm. actually and I, I saw a, in an article i read i saw a great um a panel with us of of some voice actors who said oh yeah we we, we we highly encourage people who are, you know, hobbyists, you know, cosplayers, please keep doing so. And, and if you'd like, show support, you know, in, in some way, like bring like a, a sag a sign or something, you know, <laughs> in, in with it or, or, or do just modify your cosplay to show your support for the strike. So you can still cosplay and still show you support the strikers, and then also uh, they were saying that um, they would like they would love to see people cosplay as Fran Drescher, particularly as a character from The Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> after her, after a big speech, being mm-hmm. a leader for SAG-AFTRA, and I would love to see that. Um, <laughs> she had some great outfits, man. Yeah, yeah. And some very big hair. Yes, I yes. forgot how wow. big that hair was. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, she had nineties like hair, had,
0: you know, or was it nineties hair? Or oh, was it, like, it was like was sixties. Well, it, it it was in the nineties, but the hair yeah. was eighties. You called it
3: Monique. Wow. We had this lady, we had this girl at school. Her hair was. You know, the teased and eight feet off her head, just oh, like the front. Oh, yeah. We we would always like do like a thing with our hand on her forehead and go, Monique. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very Jersey girl.
2: Yes.
0: Wow. Um, see, and uh, so, but my problem is, is that this, in and of itself, by telling cosplayers this, it's bullying. And if you're threatening with them, with t- 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 calling them names, or th- one person actually threatened that they would not be, a, uh, you know, that doing doing any kind of cosplay like that would um, seriously hamper them ever being allowed in
2: the unions. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so that's, that's that's some that, bull baloney hunky here, right and, there. And so,
0: uh, thankfully, Neil Neil Gaiman. Came out, and he has actually made a statement about it. Uh, Gaiman debunked the myth that fan art and cosplay go against the strikes. The SAG guidelines against promoting struck work, he explains, only apply to paid influencers. Uh, Paid influencers are people, uh, so basically
2: what they're... Like the Kardashians.
0: Well, anybody who, if say like uh, Studio X, comes up to Spencer and says, Hey, Spencer, we want you to cosplay as so-and-so. At our when at this movie premiere and we'll pay you for it mm. that would be going against mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know uh, the strike and uh, you know depending on what your moral uh, viewpoint is or you, how you hungry can, i am at the yeah, time yeah you know you you make your decision upon that mm-hmm. um so and he goes on further to say, uh, anyone can say anything they want on social media, but that doesn't make it true. Whether the people spreading misinformation hmm. are Overzealous fans or anti labor trolls, or I'm going to little I'm going to paraphrase and add a little bit of another little caveat to that, if they are. Basically, getting the information and not reprocessing it in a and yeah, that, their own I think that's where the, I think that's
2: where the overzealous
0: part comes well, in. Well, that overzealous fans yeah. is the different from a SAG member who's putting their oh. their, their their connotation on it, yeah. um, trying to stir up resentment against the unions. Rest assured that you don't have to take a random Twitter thread as gospel. So I'll take it from Neil Gaiman, please. Um, He's
2: he's a smart dude. But (laughs) at the same
0: time, if you choose to support the strike uh, for SAG-Athra, don't be afraid to do that either. Mm -hmm. Um, It is your right to, and if you want to support them, please do. Um, If you don't want to support them, uh, like I said last week, uh, as far as pop culture kaboom is concerned, we're Switzerland. Um,
2: Well, yeah, we're a news outlet. I'm just going to 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 call
0: out stuff like this, uh, where it's, uh, I think, is more detrimental to specific groups than than Mm -hmm. it is helping out uh, a strike, um, which this is, because I don't think cosplayers should be caught in the middle of any kind of
2: um, union or political strike, especially, like you said, you know, a vast, vast, vast majority of them are people who are just showing a love of the hobby.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, they're not getting paid for making yeah. those things, and a lot of them are kids too. By the way, yeah. Why do you want to be calling kids names like that? Like calling them scab and everything? That's so detrimental yeah. to their just their overall mental health. So don't do that.
3: It, it's just you just need to do your research. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, it took us like two seconds to find the guidelines that said, yeah, I mean, it you, was all debunked. You yeah, know. yeah,
2: literally, I put, you know cosplay you know strike yeah cosplay guidelines exactly. in the search <laughs> board and boom and, and they even have the sec after has an entire
3: guideline on what actors can do and cannot do and if you're not an actor what you can and cannot do if you're a journalist i mean they have all these guidelines out there go and read for yourself don't yeah, you listen to don't, somebody don't who just on, interprets what they read
0: yeah and it and the way they want right yeah. So, which is always a problem. That's that's where it turns into misinformation. All right. So, uh, do you have an opinion on that? Seven seven five five one five four one four one. Or you can hit me up on the Facebook at Pop Culture Boom on Facebook. All right. Dynamite <laughs> Entertainment has revealed a sequel. Oh, you got something to say about that, Chewy? <laughs> I, I wow. completely agree. Uh, so. What about Halloween costumes? Uh, you mean like Michael Myers, um, Eric? <laughs> the, those <laughs> Halloween costumes? Oh, no, those masks. Remember from Halloween 3?
2: The Silver
0: yeah, mm-hmm. bugs start crawling out your head right. or whatever weirdness was going oh, on. Oh yeah, those things. yeah. Basically, they, it was witchcraft. I, yeah. I really? Mm-hmm. I saw that movie once. Yeah, it was terrible. It <laughs> Halloween three been... season of the, <laughs> the witch.
2: witch. Yeah, it should never have been a part Halloween of... movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know. That, that they were trying because uh, Halloween was uh, they originally wanted to do it as an anthology yeah. thing, but so they were trying to put it back into an anthology thing with three. But the problem is, you yeah, already had two Michael Myers ones, and people were expecting well, Michael and, Myers. And to
3: the fact that the second one. When- immediately started where the first one left off. Yes. You know, there wasn't like a year later. No, it was the same night They picked up right when he was dead on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Not dead on the ground. <laughs> okay. Eric,
0: don't, I, don't, uh. I don't understand what that means, Eric. Um, I know I think more about five Oh one. Five Oh one. Why
1: five Oh no. That was, Hawaii.
0: Oh, or, or the, or the witcher. Oh, okay. I think, uh, oh. oh, uh, if you want to dress up as a Halloween costume, oh, and he, uh, it says that he has an original 1978 uh, Darth Vader in the sealed box still.
3: Nice. Yeah. Very what nice. do you think, think about don't... that,
0: Chewie?
2: Yeah, wow. you're you, Chewy, man. Yeah, I know. He did not sound happy <laughs> about that.
0: Okay, um, so we got to hit this break on time this time, so we got to go. Uh, but again, more Pop Culture Boom Radio show coming up right on the other side of this. Uh, Chewy, you want to tell them uh, what you can send us out? That means we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. I jumped ahead of myself like by like a whole segment. (laughs) I'm way too early. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment has revealed a sequel to the cult horror classic Army of Darkness.
2: You mean that isn't Ash versus Evil Dead?
0: Uh, No, Dynamite Entertainment.
2: Well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The show, the show okay, was a sequel, yeah, ki- well, kind
0: of,
1: okay,
0: okay. but uh, finally giving us a payoff to both the original ending of Army of Darkness and the series finale of Ash versus. Yeah, because Evil they did, they,
2: they did right. use the, uh, the 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 super future ending for the the Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. Yeah. So,
0: and that's where this is going to pick up. Ash is heading into the future of Army of Darkness forever. Army of Darkness Forever it is an upcoming comic series from Dynamite Entertainment, so expect at least 50 cover variants. <laughs> and it takes place across three timelines. The Techno oh. Army of Darkness of 2093, the s Isles of 1993, and the Middle Ages, Middle Ages Chaos of Castle Kandar. Oh. Um, with no date on there, I would probably say...
2: 1193 how about that? Yeah. <laughs> sure well, why not i can't remember the year it was supposed to be so. me neither i don't right. think they yeah, actually know, had yeah. one
0: but anyway all three get the spotlight in the series dynamite is going to do it up big as uh, we've just passed the 30th anniversary of the movie army of darkness army of darkness number one was the first comic ever published by the company back in 2024 really i did not yep. know that so go along so go to go along with the new series they are releasing an Army of Darkness movie adaptation, 30th Anniversary Edition, and Army of Darkness 30th Anniversary Trading Cards. The movie adaptation was originally re- released in 1992, written by brother, written by brothers Sam and Ivan Ramey, with jaw-dropping painted interiors from John Bolton, who did the X-Men. The award-winning story is over 80 glorious pages of Ash. Ash. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the best way to pronounce that, actually. And the book also features a special interview with Bruce Campbell, conducted by comics legend Kurt Busiek. Uh, Busiek. 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 Uh, the trading card set showcases the best Army of Darkness comic book art and photos across an 18-card base set. Chase cards include six signed cards, nine movie photo cards, nine line art cards, and a nine-card puzzle set. And a special box topper pack of three special cards, hundreds of exclusive hand-drawn one-of-a-kind sketch cards are also included across packs. With a stacked roster of top artists, Army of Darkness Forever Number 1, the hardcover film adaptation, and the trading cards are slated for release in October of this year.
2: Well, they had to have something with hundreds of variations. I mean, it is dynamite entertainment. Yeah, they decided to do that with the
0: trading cards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Skybound Entertainment is bringing Dracula back to life for a brand new four-issue comic book limited series. This collaboration between Skybound and Universal is the latest milestone in a near-decade-long relationship that encompasses film and video games and now comic book publishing. The comic book miniseries will unfold over four suspenseful issues with the first installment plunging readers into the eerie world of Dr. John Seward after he admits a seemingly delusional new... After he admits a seemingly delusional new patient to his asylum, it just didn't sound right right when I read it. He admits. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Admits? Uh, recounting chilling tales of a demonic entity residing next door, the skeptical doctor attempts to rationalize the unexplainable. But his, but his adapt, adopted daughter Lucy mysteriously succumbs to the malevolent Influence of the enigmatic, oh boy, I'm going to mess up Cordelia <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> they threw out every $3 million word at you, right? Now. They pretty much are. Uh, somebody was using uh, the, 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 the thesaurus, thesaurus when they were yeah, writing right? this. Uh, enigmatic Count Dracula. In addition to Dracula himself, the series also features some popular characters from the original film, including R. M. Renfield, Mina Seward, dr john seward van helsing and more universal monsters dracula will be followed up followed by more new limited series spotlighting the iconic monsters from some of the top creators in comics each series will feature variant covers shocking from some of the best artists working in comics today universal monsters dracula number 1 will be available at comic shops and digital platforms including amazon kindle apple books comixology <laughs> okay, and Google Play on October twenty fifth. So I guess they're going to be doing all of the Universal Monsters. Uh, well, it? they kind of they kind Maybe.
2: of do that plan every time. They start they just start with a different monster every time, and sometimes the plan works, and then sometimes you get the Mummy with Tom Cruise. Wow, or or yeah, that was one of them. Mm-hmm. That, that's true. That that was the. Or
0: original monster verse they were going to try and do, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah,
2: that also had Doctor uh, Jekyll and Mister Hyde in yeah, too, yes, it too. Yes, yeah. it did. <laughs>
0: yeah, <sighs> that's so sad. Anyway, uh this weekend at the San Diego Comic Con, DC and Warner Brothers announced a new Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> project in conjunction with Legendary Pictures. Okay, that's Set- getting a little busy. <laughs> yeah, just a little. I, I honestly, how, how, how he's a big monkey. Against Superman. Really? <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Well,
2: well just just like with uh, the Godzilla versus Kong, you know, to make it so he actually has a fighting chance, maybe they'll give him like an axe of kryptonite this time or something. Ooh,
0: kryptonite, yeah, because you could just find, randomly find that laying right? on the ground. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> uh, project Inconima, blah, blah, blah. The joint project by DC Comics and Legendary Comics will see the Justice League of the DCU meet the Legendary MonsterVerse. Uh, beginning with both Godzilla and Kong for November, with King Kong climbing the Daily Planet building and more to come. A special That's variant an interesting cover, visual, yeah, not really. <laughs> the special variant cover will also be provided with, uh, which will include a Godzilla roar in the comic book itself.
3: Huh. Yeah, I kind of like that. So
0: now, if okay.
2: it works, <laughs> now it's like this. What are you talking about? We have a wookiee sitting right here. I have a wookiee. But Wookie, I mean, they I have, have a, a good book. opportunity
3: to use it. You know, you flip the page and it sounds and there's Godzilla. You know what I mean? Like that'd be like a good
0: So it's basically like be, like a greeting card. Yeah. You open it up and you... but, yeah. But, but yeah, but not
3: at the beginning. You know what I mean? Like you're you're reading it, reading it and then when they introduce Godzilla, it roars, you know what I mean? That'd
0: yeah.
2: be like a cool aspect.
0: That would be a cool aspect actually. Yeah. How they could actually pull it off That's is what I said. Yeah. That's what I said if
2: if, if it's done right, <laughs> Yeah, but that would have to be like right and exactly in the middle, and be a two-page spread. Yeah. yeah, but you
3: know what I mean. Like yeah. you can tell totally, it because you know you're not expecting it.
2: You yeah.
0: Know? But here's the problem: it's still Godzilla versus basically Everybody. the world of DC demigods. <laughs> but, I mean, Wonder it's, Woman. But see, Superman, it's, it's hard because Green Godzilla Lantern, and
3: King Kong neither are inherently evil, nor neither are
0: inherently good, and neither can take on Superman. But do you know what I mean? Like
3: why. Why does the Justice League need to be involved? <laughs> um, uh, it has something to do with
0: the Legion of Doom, uh, and oh, of actually, they it get uh, from what yeah. I understood because I kind of read a little brief synopsis. Um, they got transported to, actually, the uh, DCU. They weren't actually; they, they're not actually part of the DCU. Gotcha. But, okay, so, uh, so, they got it's so it's not transported. Gotcha. Okay, so it those could be
3: more universe. or less. Yeah. Even though it's saying verse, it could be more or less them getting them back home to their own universes.
0: Yeah, Eric says the spread would have to would need to be card stock in order for them to right. do the, what you want. Mm. So Eric, Eric will design it for you, apparently. <laughs> awesome. Go for it. From the comic books being released July 26th, at least here, I highlight... Can you believe we're almost done with July already?
1: Dang, yeah, I got way too at fast. least here,
0: I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on, my opinion... It is, after all, only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include any trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at paulcuchigaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book or books that are coming out, when the book or books will be coming out, the issue number, so, so that I can add them to my list in the future. First up, Artvark Vanom has Cerebus in Hell, presents War is Hell, number one, one shot, where he blows up a bunch of G.I. Joe figures. <laughs> <laughs> Advent Comics has Blackmore, number one of two. AWA Studios has Ribbon Queen, number one of eight, with four cover variants. Band of Bards has Jason and the Olympians, number one. Jason is spelled J-A-C-I-N. So oh, hmm. Uh, Boom Studios has Alice Never After number one of five with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. Berserker, Berserker, yeah, Berserker Poetry of Madness number one with a wallet-busting nine cover variants. Berser- Is that the one that Keanu the- Reeves, Reeves one, one, one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the next series, Brilliant Enterprise has Kent Menace Quarterly number one. Chaos Quill Comics has Crestar and the night Stallion, not the same. like I remember that toy line. I think it was called Crestar or something like that. Uh, Crestar and the night stallion number one of five with three cover variants. DC Comics, of course, is going crazy with their whole Night Terrors thing. Um they have Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic number one with a wallet busting five-cover variants, Night Terrors Action Comics number one of two with a wallet busting six-cover variants. Night Terror's Angel Breaker, number one of two, with a wall buzzing, six cover variants. I don't know who Angel Breaker is. Night Terror's Detective (laughs) Comics, number one of two, with six cover variants. Night Terror's Harley Quinn, number one of two, with six cover variants. Night Terror's Titans, number one of two, with six cover variants. Poison Ivy Uncovered, number one, one shot, with six cover variants. Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor, number one of three, with a wallet busting five cover variants. Wow. Drin Production After Dark has Under a Blood Red Moon number one with two cover variants. Oh. Fair Square Comics has Immortal Ascension number one of two with two cover variants. IDW Publishing has Godzilla Monsters and Protectors Summer Smash number one with four cover variants. That should have been the
2: title of a video game. <laughs> That's a video game I would play right there.
0: And uh, for all you bronies out there, My Little Pony Camp Big Hoof, number one, with four cover variants. Image Comics has pure per Evil, P U R R, like
2: cat, pur. Okay. Well, cats are evil. So, per I hope Evil,
0: that. number one, of six, with a wallet busting five cover variants. Kinspot Entertainment with Rebel Girls, mm-hmm. number one, with a bank busting 13 cover variants. All right. uh, Marvel Comics, what if Dark? What If Dark Spider Gwen, number one, with four cover variants. Oh. X-Men Hellfire Gala, 2023, number one, with a bank-busting 11 cover variants. Opus Comics has Frank Frazetta's Mothman, number one of five, with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Scott Comics has Charm City, number one, with three cover variants. Space Outlaws, number one of three, with two cover variants. uh Tale and Seeds of Darkness, number one, with two cover variants. Trakovi, Trakovi, number one of five with two cover variants wild cosmos number one with two cover variants scratch comics has dracula the return cult of the white worm number one of four source point press has blaze you dead homie (laughs) (laughs) number one one shot cover darkness femme fatales number one Murder by Mail, number one, with two cover variants. Not email, by mail, for all of you people who don't know what snail mail is. Uh, Sumerian Comics has Children of the Comet, number one of five, with a wallet-busting seven cover variants. And Titan Comics has Rivers of London, Here Be Dragons, number one of four, with three cover variants, which sounds awfully familiar, like uh, the IDW's Godzilla, There Be Dragons.
2: Yeah, and then of course you know every every old world map you know at the edge of the world always says Darby Dragons here or whatever some variation there. Now they're
0: in London, (laughs) which sounds too much like Godzilla. Ah, so San Diego Comic Con, uh, the name of the parent company of San Diego Comic Con, San Diego Comic Convention, is uh, blah blah blah. uh, Chose preview night to announce it as teamed with Entertainment Cruise Productions to promote. Comic-Con The Cruise.
3: <laughs> I saw this.
0: <laughs> which it describes as a whole new experience that brings the community together and immerses fans in the world of popular arts like never before. See, if they're going to say popular arts, it can't be Hollywood-centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that kind of proves my point. This ultimate fan adventure celebrates their passions and is full of surprises with a... Orig- not really, you're on a ship. I mean, <laughs> unless they're like hiding people in the bowels well, of the they ship or something. might have a heliport
3: and heliport them in.
0: Yeah, good point. Yes, depending on the expensive. star. <laughs> <laughs> the shark repellent bat spray. Uh, this, uh, blah, 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 with original one-of-a-kind entertainment delivered by iconic and beloved Comic-Con stars and creators who step off the stage and dine party and interact with the guests throughout the cruise in an environment like no other, because you're trapped on a ship with them. A full-ship oh. charter. Comic Con. The cruise will set sail on the fifth of February until the ninth of February from Tampa, Florida, to the Mexican island of Cozumel. 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 Yeah. Uh, on board Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas. I've never been on a cruise in my life. Neither have I. So I don't know if I would want to go on a but cruise. But I kind of like feel that.
3: bad for like the celebrities. It says that they're dining and partying with these, like. There could be some very serious stalker situations going on. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you're uh,
2: assuming they're going to get like somebody a list.
3: Well, it don't matter. Even you know what I mean. There's, there's, yeah, there's, some crazy there's fans people. for everybody. There's, there's, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I'm we sure got, there's somebody with Burt Ward. If he was there. but you know what I mean. What like if you're like me? on a ship, you do. Know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Life Vest. <laughs>
3: right? That would be my no first thing as a celebrity. And if there's a stalker, how do I get off?
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> where, where are the guns? Can I bring my own? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Pepper spray? <laughs> if it feels like you haven't heard a lot of, about what's happening with the Overwatch League lately, that's okay. A lot of us haven't. Even those of us who keep an eye on it, like me, to say that this year hasn't felt that. I felt all that special is an understatement, as the league's presence isn't what it used to be when it first launched in twenty eighteen, and it feels like organizers and teams barely do anything to promote weekly matches or hype people up to watch. Now it feels like this year may be the last as it appears to there may be a buyout option on the table for all the teams, which may might effectively kill the league entirely. The word came down this week in some financial filings by Activision Blizzard that the league has been facing issues that they amended some of the terms in the league to essentially give the team owners an out, in short, saying that they do not wish to finish out the 2023 season. They can terminate their participation with a $6 million termination fee. Wait, they can... I'm sorry, what? They can terminate with a $6 million termination fee, so I would have to pay them...
2: $6 million to terminate. That sounds like something Activision would pull. Wow,
0: Activision. Wow. Cool. Uh, which in many ways feels like the company trying to gain some money back. Oh, yeah, it does. Some money? <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. Back before the Microsoft acquisition is final, which uh, which included laying off dozens of people from their eSports division days after a judge ruled against the FTC block. It's a shame the league has uh, fallen on hard times. But in many ways, the results are due to the organization's own poor decisions and failure to capitalize on things at the right moment. Sure, there are the issues it had with problematic players and having their insane contracts and weird rule books leaked. Plus, the pandemic didn't do the league any favors, being LAN only for two years with no crowd support. But the biggest issue for it over the years was the fact that all of the teams were created by mostly non-esports groups with little to no experience while blocking out any established pro teams. From being in the league that that you see playing other games, hmm. so uh, without all that being said, let me just coming up. It is time for the top of the hour. Uh, currently, uh, fire weather has just been issued in the Carson City Reno area, um, effective tomorrow at twelve noon. So fire be aware weather, of, or fire, fire weather, fire weather watch. Fire weather watch. Okay. So just uh, be aware of that, and uh, we'll be back with more Paul culture Boom Radio Show right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pop Coach Radio Show. I don't know what happened to my uh, bumper music there. That was interesting. Uh, that was that
2: was uh, Marcel Marcel's greatest hit, Walking in the Wind. Oh, or Pausing
0: pausing by Dog. Uh, welcome back to the Pop Coach Kaboom Radio Show, and uh, this weekend coming up at... The Sparks Location of Coffee and Comics. There's going to be a Cosplay for Kindness fundraiser so that they can try and obtain their 501c. And here to tell us all about it is the president of Cosplay for Kindness and cosplayer himself, at Boykins Cosplay, Mr. Brandon Boykins. And how are you, sir? I'm
4: doing very well. How are you doing,
0: man? I'm all right. A little tired, a little confused there by that. Uh, Break there for a second.
2: (laughs) 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 we could have had Chewy, you know, serenade us in, but you know, we didn't have enough warning. Oh, I guess not. Uh, Well, I'll
0: explain that (laughs) at the next break. Um, So, sir, uh, you guys have a a cosplay and a a fundraiser coming up. Um, Yes, we do. Let's start with uh, first off. uh, What is cosplay for kindness, and what do you guys do in the community? Yes, uh,
4: for for Kindness uh, we are a nonprofit organization in which we visit people in hospitals, birthdays, fundraisers, literally everything else you can think of, uh, dressed as your favorite superheroes, the princesses, just bringing smiles to the community and uh, everything around there. So if there's like a family celebration or a birthday party or just anything in general, you guys would just love to contact us for or just have us for in general. All we need is a uh, date, location, and time. And we can figure out the rest as far as if there's a specific character you would like to have or theme you're kind of going for or whichever.
0: So if like a uh, movie house has a uh, showing, uh, say, The Avengers, and they contact you guys, you would say, hey, uh, can some people show up dressed as The Avengers?
4: Yeah, just as simple as that. And then I will, uh, will contact uh, uh, our team and see who's available for that day or for that weekend and then we'll go from there as far as um, uh, getting everybody set up and getting everybody there for the event.
0: Now, uh, to keep kind of current with movies. (laughs) So Barbie, uh, would that be off the table? uh, Uh, Sally's having a birthday, and she would like to have...
4: I wouldn't say that it's off the table yet. It's just nobody on our team has... Bought anything barbie wise but as yeah I, of, I, I know there's I, like I a monster high,
2: but I don't think I've seen anybody in Barbie
0: uh, you yeah, know exactly. with the popularity of the movie right now you never <laughs> oh, know yeah, that's I mean, true uh, future birthday parties uh you know coming up now might um, <laughs> you know little Sally might want to want to have you know.
2: Yeah, have the, have the Barbie, and, and no, have the Barbie no, that's no been cross, on and, and had no, the haircut and no cross
0: yeah. you know, cross cross ones where it would be you know a Harley Quinn slash Barbie. <laughs> <Exactly>. Harley Barbie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, mean, I was
4: just gonna say like we could definitely uh, figure something out because with with the whole movie trend, it seems as if it's just as simple as uh, basically just just wear something pink and and you know Barbie esque. So I mean that could fit for Harley Quinn and a bunch of a bunch of characters that we could easily just kind of like do some sort of like fun mashup of, of kind of bringing so Barbie, I would say off the table okay because
0: uh, yeah. it would be interesting <laughs> the mashups that could come out of that princess Harley totally. princess <laughs> Harley yeah oh boy Uh, so what exactly is going to go on because I know you guys have the uh, cosplay coming up or the uh, fundraiser coming up at, and I'm trying to get that information right now Actually, at Coffee and Comics on Bering Boulevard at the uh, 1235 Bering Boulevard at Coffee and Comics from 5 to 9pm July 29th Um, so this is to help raise funds but also you guys got a lot of stuff going on Um, it is free to the public um, but uh, there are a couple of things like a raffle, correct?
4: yes uh, there will be a raffle, uh, a cosplay contest uh, with a chance to win uh, three prizes, one for uh, best costume, I believe, best in show, and then one for our kid category as well. Um, there will be uh, karaoke singing. So for any singers out there, there's there's definitely that opportunity and uh, to to just blast out and just sing whichever Disney song you want or anything else that's uh, just as obscure. Anything from um,
2: Disney to Sublime. Exactly.
0: Wow.
4: Exactly.
0: Oh, I do have a feeling on somebody's going to show up dressed in a, uh, from from the Barbie movie and request that Aqua song. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't
4: be the first time. And uh, really, after because um, <laughs> Silver Age, after Silver Age Comic Con, when I was in my Bowser cosplay at the time. Um, when I showed up, as soon as I walked through the doors, everybody there, coffee and comics, was immediately like in awe because they're like, "Get your butt on stage." You know exactly what's about to go down, and you know exactly what we want. We want you steam
1: peaches.
4: <laughs> full full, out, peaches. We need it. We want it right now. We'll queue it up as soon as the song's over with. Wow, which is kind of funny.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Rob, you weren't at the – and you were busy, Spencer. Um, when I, I, would, I took the camera down, and I did some interviews at the Silver Age Comic Con, which mm-hmm. will be up on the Pop Culture Room mm-hmm. YouTube page. I interviewed uh, Brandon Boykins okay. about uh, his Boykins' cosplay. He was dressed as King... Co- I thought it was King Koopa, not a... So not- yeah, King Koopa King is Koopa. Bowser. Oh, okay. Koopa
4: is Bowser, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and... Uh, and... Uh, I asked him to do an impromptu uh, peaches song, <laughs> so it is all on video. So it will be a part of the uh, video from the Silver Age Comic Con, and I already warned him. It's also going to be played as the audio while the credits are rolling at the end of the video <laughs> too. So, yeah. so which Fantastic. means which means I'm going to have to take it and make it into an MP3, and I will send it to you so can you can start using it as your ringtone. <laughs> yeah
4: that's too much oh that's that's
0: easy easy. so good times uh so uh karaoke raffles cosplay contests all ages welcome coffee drinks because it is a coffee shop after all um anything else going on do you guys have any events coming up that you will be attending that you can promote because i know like private birthday parties you can't like give shout outs for come to sally's (laughs) (laughs) come to Uh, sally's house (laughs) uh
4: i would say the next thing we have coming up um is EriCon and uh the elko uh the elko comic-con that's that's coming soon um to in august i believe in the middle of august i believe august 18th to the 20th so like that friday through that sunday which mm-hmm. i believe like i said i could be wrong but i believe it's like the 17th to the nope you're, 19th, right, you're, nope, you're
0: right on dead on uh, 18th through the 20th is EriCon in reno and the Elko Comic Con, or actually, they, how did they phrase it? It was something where made some popcorn That's mm-hmm. what it was. Well, popcorn, Elko Popcon is, which made it sound like popcorn, which is why. Oh I yeah, because I think
2: I think Comic Con is technically trademarked, so you can't. Oh say yeah, it that. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, or well, they're trying to, uh, you know, trademark it. Um, that's why a lot of them went to like Fan Expo or something yeah. like that. Um, but that is also the nineteenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. So you were, you were good on both dates, actually. You covered both of them at the same time.
4: Well, I'm, I'm surprised. Usually, <laughs> usually I'm always terrible about, uh, about dates, usually. So I'm, uh, I'm actually proud of myself.
0: So just out of curiosity, how did you get involved with Cosplay for Kindness? I know you're one of the co-founders, but what made you decide to actually start doing it?
4: Uh, so uh, it was a superhero-themed father-daughter dance. Um, over at the Bridge Church, which is located right next to the Boys and Girls Club by Reno High. Um, and they were asking anybody at the time, uh, I saw a Facebook post uh, about it, and it was asking anybody with a superhero theme or a superhero cosplay at all. So whether that's just anything in general, even if you have supervillains, that, that's totally fine. You could just come by, uh, take some pictures with the families and the, and the kids. You know, dance, um, have some food, and just literally have a good time. And so, me and three or four other random people showed up uh, in our different costumes at the time, and just had a blast. Had an all-out blast. And out of the kindness of the uh, the kindness of the hearts for the people hosting the event. Um, apparently, some of the money that was left over from the proceeds of the event, they decided to just donate to all of us out of just the kindness of their hearts, which was like beyond kind. Um, and we used that to all go to dinner together uh, the, the following weekend, and we decided there's no organization that's like this here in Reno. I know of one in Vegas and tons of them in California as well. But just none in general here in Reno, and so we thought, why not? Why not start one and just try and create that same thing and uh, make that same impact in uh, in our community, you know, like here, here locally. And it's been fantastic. We've gained about I uh, want to say about twenty members, um, and and it's it's still growing, all with people with all different kinds of uh, experience from. Those who've been cosplaying for about, I want to say, maybe 15 or 10, 10, 15 years. Some who were just like me, who started in 2019.
2: Wow. So yeah. you're, if, you're if relatively new to the uh, whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, these these people have, their cosplays are on point. Like I've seen Brandon in a really, really good uh, Black Panther costume. Uh, he, had, he had a killer scorpion at uh, last year's Rage Con, too. Nice. Yeah. That was Scorpion, right, Brandon?
4: Yeah. yeah. That was definitely.
2: It. And yeah. he's also
0: done Shinobi from uh um D- Demon Slayer.
2: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I mean and he, and he's not the only one. Now. A lot of the people in cosplay here. There's a there is a a, a guy who does a Spider-Man who is just as thin and spindly as the real Spider-Man and flexible.
0: I seen him do some uh, yeah. some of the uh, pose, Spider-Man poses. mm mm-hmm. Mhm wow, and I, I'd be like, I, my back would be thrown out like, <laughs> in, like three days. Oh, yeah. My back, my, bad I, bad. I feel the pain in my back just thinking about it, so, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but,
1: but, yeah. But, that's
4: always the uh, the interesting thing when I see with uh, Spider-Man uh, cosplayers in general, just not even not even the ones that's on our team. That's true. Um, it's the it. ones I see in general, and I think of, like, being my, like, smaller, limber self back in, like, elementary school or middle school. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, like, yeah.
4: <laughs> Twist my leg like over my shoulder to look more like like limberly like uh or i mean as flexible as uh as as spider-man and yeah. and all that and my bones and joints are still <laughs> feeling it to today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh out of all the cosplays that you have done because we just listed a lot of them uh, what has been your favorite so far
4: Uh, to be honest, I love this question. Uh, for me, unfortunately, I'm gonna go with the generic answer and say all of them. Uh, (laughs) Because for me, as you know, uh, I love uh, getting into character. And growing up, I had wanted to be an actor as well. So, like, doing cosplay for me like gives me the chance to really treat a lot of my cosplays like an actor preparing for a role. So I get the chance to challenge myself for eight or nine hours in a day, if not longer, at a con, um, trying to, you know, alter my voice as much as I can to sound as close to Black Panther as I can and use, you know, uh, pretty much being a leader and being like a ruler of a kingdom when it comes to cosplay for kindness. So actually getting out there and trying to uh, be more business savvy and try to reach out to as many people uh, people as possible, and to set up meetings to, to be more organized, which is stuff I never thought I'd ever be able to achieve growing up. So it, It's being able to do that uh, as Black Panther or for Killer B, for example, for any anime fans out there from Naruto. I I can't rap or rhyme at all to save my life. So For a character like Killer B to literally rap and rhyme everything he says for an entire day at a con or event or whatever I'm doing is so fun for me because then I really get to, like, almost, like I said, then treat myself similar to a rapper and, like, think of random bars and rhymes on the spot whenever someone is like, hey, how's your day? Then my brain is already on, on go mode of, like, okay, let's think of something rhymes a day. Oh, uh, go, 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 go. Uh, and, you know, try and think of something that's challenging that way. So it's, it's all just the little minute themes in acting similar to the character, which is, like, for me, a absolute fun and absolute challenge with every single cosplay that i have that i i just absolutely adore so unfortunately i can't say like i have one specific cosplay that i love i would just say uh just all of them in general create their own little tidbits and challenges that just for me in general like create the most fun
0: And we are talking with Brandon Boykins. He does Boykins Cosplay. Uh, you can follow him on the Facebook, or you can go to linktr.ee backslash boykins underscore cosplay. Um, that is a uh, link tree is a website you can go to. From there, he has all of his links to so all of his social medias, a KTVN, uh uh, S2K Cosplay for Kindness video As well as uh, all kinds of other stuff As well as a a tab for you to Donate to Cosplay for Kindness Um, And that is a way you can get a hold of him Through there or through the Facebook Which I follow Matt, and when he posts I repost in the Pop Culture Kaboom news feed As well as Cosplay for Kindness Is on Facebook as well and um, I'm bringing all this up because if somebody wanted to get a hold of you or a hold of uh, Cosplay for Kindness, um, would that be the best way for them to do so?
4: Yes, uh, they can either email us through uh, cosplayforkindness at gmail.com, Cosplay F-O-R, kindness, uh, F-O-R not the number four, uh, kindness at uh, com. Um, or again, you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram and go from there. Or again, even if you would like to just join the team, if you're just as nerdy, um, then we have a Google doc link on our link tree that you can go through in our bio and go from there as far as, uh, filling all that out, as far as if you want to help us out 1000% and be fully a part of the team, or if you want to be someone that helps out with our social media team. Or if you just want to be like our handler, which is someone that kind of watches our table and helps us, you know, walk around and get through things and be a little more organized at our events and things such as that. So there's whichever part of the team you want to participate in, there's definitely an opportunity right through our bio in our the uh, team link.
0: Nice. I'm sorry, I got distracted with something that just popped up out of nowhere. That was kind of weird. Sorry about that. All good. <laughs> um, I also, uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, it was kind of funny because you brought up the uh, rapping thing, and I remember last year at the uh, um Rage Con, and you're Mm -hmm. and uh they're they're like come on wrap it wrap it (laughs) which was kind of funny um i will try and be there um i'll be bringing my camera i want to to, to get as much on video as i can for the uh, pop culture boom youtube channel uh so i will be there on saturday the 29th five to nine at the sparks coffee and comics location it is the fundraiser for Cosplay for Kindness. So please participate. And, sir, I will see you there. I will definitely see you there. All right, sir. Thank you for being on. And uh, can't wait to talk to you uh, next time I talk to you on the radio show. Uh, hopefully it will be about the uh, acting that you are doing in some uh, in some films right now.
4: Yes, my friend.
0: All right, sir. We'll talk to you later. And thank you for joining us. Uh, everybody else, we got to take this break. When we get back, it will be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere, Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the Film Hours that be released dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes. And up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics, we are just overly opinionated blowhards, but Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is... You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews on Facebook. And how are you, sir?
5: I'm doing good, Jimmy. How are you, bud?
0: I'm all right, just trying to get through the day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That
5: that is good. I am uh I'm currently uh enjoying some family time here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. That's where I'm doing the show from. Mm-hmm. Nice. To from Cheyenne Frontier Day, Baby. Uh,
1: you-
2: You are a very well-traveled man. He is.
5: I am. Yes, this thing is funny. Is uh, Cheyenne's actually only about? uh, It's like a Reno to Carson drive. Uh So it's not. It's not terribly far. But yes, I do get around.
0: Yeah, (laughs) uh, I. I think
5: I'm a travel hosty.
0: The, the, I think the most the, the most yeah, difficult one he's ever done was he was on a cruise ship in the Caribbean trying to call and get connected. That would be one then, expensive phone call. It was. <laughs>
5: yeah. That that was a tough one and then the uh early early days I did that one from Cabo and I had those idiots yelling while I was trying to do the show. And that that was a tough one. So tough uh, when you're on the go and you're out and about, your uh, surroundings are a little different.
0: Yeah, uh, I was telling me she should wear a sign that says, "I'm doing a radio show. Tune in here to hear what I'm saying." <laughs> no, yeah,
5: we, yeah, I should. This is uh right now it would do me no good. I'm sitting in a, I'm sitting in my vehicle while the concert's going and my family's out there drinking beers and stuff. So. Oh no, <laughs> in the, even your kids area. <laughs> Not to distract, you guys don't need all the excess noise and all the loud cheering, I and mean, you get the occasional biker, you know, um, where they want to take you to the concerts and stuff, and they have a lot of music, so it kind of secludes the outside noise.
0: All right. Well, let's get to these Hiaw uh, movies, because we do got five yeah, of movies. them. Yeah, movies. Uh, let's start with Shrapnel. 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 <laughs> uh, when Sean's daughter goes missing on the Mexican border, he teams up with his former Marine partner to face off against a cartel who kidnapped her. It's Ooh, movies man. like this that uh, make me wonder why anyone would travel to countries they don't know anything about. You hear about it all the time on the news as well. So as well, so it's not like it's not something that actually doesn't happen.
2: I mean, anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Well, it happens enough that people use it as movie plots. Now. I
0: know it's like uh, okay, yeah. You, Oh, let me see. A criminal organization is in charge of this entire area. I think I'll go visit there. (laughs) Or this this place is controlled by terrorists. Let me go say hi. You know, it's like, jeez, come on, people. Uh, Dad is a super soldier because, of course, he is. Whose daughter has been kidnapped in Mexico by a drug cartel because, of course, she was. Can someone please explain to me why it is that since we know where they live, we can't send a couple of cruise missiles in there and just blow them up? If you like your action predictable, then you might enjoy this, but to me, I think Liam Neeson already visited this theme in a much bigger budget movie anyway, so I'm giving it a touch brown. What say you, Tony?
5: Oh, Marines versus Drug Cartel. Jason Patrick is off the boat and is speeding to his next mission. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, and he saved his daughter. Them darn dirty druggies kidnapped Sean's daughter. He does what any dad would do and save her at all costs. He recruits his buddy to take down Garza and the drug crew. While the story and actions seem all there, it's all too predictable and unrealistic. Two men versus a cartel is a no-win situation in real life. However, in here, it seems like they can just mow down this entire um, uh, cartel. So I'm sure at the end, though, Sean will be the last man standing and he'll get his daughter back at the cost of his buddy's life, but you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and skip it because it looks super predictable. So I am also with you, Jimmy. Touch Brown.
0: And you know the buddy's going to go down in a
5: blaze of glory. Exactly. <laughs> Sacrifice.
1: With you know, like a loaded six-string on
0: his back. <laughs> uh, Spencer, what say you?
2: Well, uh, this one kind of struck me as uh, it, it does look like it's basically a remake of uh, of Taken with Liam Neeson. But so I'm wondering if he'll have as much success as Liam Neeson in getting his daughter back, or if he'll have as much success as Sylvester Stallone in Last Blood. I didn't
0: see that one, but I'm sure he yeah. has a particular set of skills. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> so he's probably going to be much like the production. It looks like he's going to be fairly middling, and unfortunately, poor poor Jason Patrick is. It's like it's like he's been he's re, recast from Liam Neeson, just like how he got recast from, from Keanu Reeves from the first Speed into the second one. Oh. <laughs> and you just the guy can't catch a break um but i well, like hopefully pre- in
0: this one he doesn't catch a bullet
2: Ah, i like good i like good predictable action movies for background noise i i don't think this is going to be like an arnie one where you can get good one-liners and such but uh i'll give it a blah yeah okay rob what say you Yes. Well,
3: Jason Patrick gave up fighting vampires and chasing waves to search for his missing (laughs) daughter on the Mexican border. Sounds exciting as it is. Um, Yeah. This was one of those totally trope movies that, yeah, Liam Neeson, he already did three of them. We don't need a fourth one called Shrapnel. So, touch brown.
0: Okay. What is next, Tony?
5: Oh, Well, let's go see The Mistress, man. Uh, (laughs) The movie's not called The Mistress, man. It's just called The Mistress. And its synopsis is, Maddie and Parker move into their dream home when they discovered old letters from a love-lord woman who lived there over 100 years ago. Parker experiences ghostly disturbances while Maddie suspects he's hiding something dark from his past. He's a cheater, Maddie. That's what's up. (laughs) Okay. Spooky house, Newlywood ke- newlywed couple, and a big bosom neighbor to make her way right at home, including with your husband. Spoiler, she's not real, because there's no way she's attracted to the main guy. She's a total <laughs> nerd. Oh, my God, houses are haunted. Just, just Trixie the ho-ho-ho Merry Christmas babe next door came over. I couldn't take this trailer seriously. The guy's nasally voice was cringe. Basically, he's a <laughs> cheater. Now he's in a dark despair, and the wife is too stupid to do anything. <laughs> Lame, don't
1: need to waste
5: anyone's time on this spectacular title. Hutch Brown. I couldn't get over that dude's voice. Right? Wow.
0: I killed him. I can't imagine Ooh. that. Why? Okay. A uh, movie about a okay. haunted house actually has a line in it where the guy says,
1: "The house is not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> That's so
0: true. <laughs> Supernatural horror and an entry in the Jump Scare drinking game. So grab your favorite adult beverage, 21 and older, please, and prepare to be slow walked to a finale, one that I will not be seeing. Touch brown. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what say you?
3: Um, yes, this seems like a very bad, bad retelling of something beneath. And Ooh, I thought you
0: were going to say something better
3: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, And the woman in red You know, or black So yeah, it just looks terrible I mean, why it, Yeah, the premise is stupid So yeah, Touch Brown
0: Oh, okay That's, you know, I, I was not expecting a Touch Brown from you, Rob it, it looks terrible It does look terrible, but I still I wasn't expecting it <laughs> I have my standards oh, my <laughs> Spencer, what say you?
2: Well, uh, like, you know, he just listed... Rob just listed a couple of movies that have done this and done it better, you know, like The, the Woman in Black, even, you know, even the new Hammer one, you know, with with, with Daniel Radcliffe was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, what was it? What Lies Beneath, I think it yes, was? Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, did it did it better. But, I, now, I'm going to preface this. It is touch brown for me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am going to say, I, I do like the concept... I have not seen this uh, uh, executed well yet, where where is it a stalker is it supernatural uh, where, where where it's a
0: supernatural stalker
2: or yeah gotta combine it yeah to yeah, it. yeah but I, I have not seen anybody be able to to do that well in a movie yet and i'm shining <laughs> <laughs> well if you talk to stephen king he, he's like oh no 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 but the yeah, tv show <laughs> yeah but i have not seen that really well executed in a movie form yet and i, I that, that just is striking me there's something that needs to be done well in a movie at some point someday this is not that day. Ah,
0: all <laughs> right, so th- two down, three to go. Uh, next up is "Talk to Me." Talk to, Talk me. to me with a <laughs> with a gripping story and impressive practical effects. "Talk to Me" spins a terrif terrif terrifically. Terifi? Ter- terrifically. Oh, terrifically. Terifi- Terrifically, Terrifically. yeah, yeah. You were trying to put terror in there, but I was, I was going to shoehorn terror terror in there somehow. Terrifically, yes. Uh, Creepy twenty first century horror yarn uh, built on classic foundations. All right, mm-hmm. creepy supernatural horror with a huge emphasis on creepy and also grab your favorite adult beverage. It is the latest entry in the jump scare drinking game. Supernatural horror has never been my thing, but this one is definitely creepy enough to warrant a blah. And I'm going to caveat that because I I, I was like, well, this movie also reminds me a lot of uh, Flatliners with Keith Sutherland and Julia Roberts. For some mm-hmm. reason, it has that same kind of weird creepy other ethereal kind of vibe to it because Mm. that they dealt a lot with you know images Mm -hmm. and um kind of uh uh, hallucinations of the afterlife and all that stuff so it reminded me a lot of that movie too which was kind of weird nostalgia way but uh yeah so tony what say you
5: that was a good comparison man i didn't even think of that um i put this. This reminds me of an early Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer gets the monkey paw to make wishes, but everything has a dark twist to it. Although this is not the Simpsons, but the monkey paw thing makes me think of it. Mm -hmm. So in this, she holds the corpse hand to see her mom again. And, hey, as someone who's lost their own mother, I'm definitely never going to do this. Even if it's the opportunity to see my mom again, I just don't need to see some crazy, dark, demonic version of her. So I'm good there. But seriously, (laughs) as the trailer went, it kept convincing me that I'm going to see the scariest movie that's guaranteed to make me poop my pants in fear. I'm not buying it. In fact, every time they said, talk to me, I envisioned Poison's talk dirty to me. (laughs) (laughs) This trailer would be so much more fun if that song played out throughout the trailer. Uh, While it doesn't look bad, it definitely has jump scares galore, so get ready for the jump scare drinking game. Um, I would give this the Paul Blart twenty minute rule, so it's a blah for me. I would actually, you know, it doesn't look completely terrible.
2: All right, Spencer, what say you? Well, yeah, uh, you know, like uh, like Tony, you know, I saw the kind of the, uh, the the monkey's paw parallel in there with the corpse hand and stuff, but and you know, this does have all the fun the fun tropes of a, of a good uh, a horror movie. You have all the jump scares. You have. Making a very bad decision early on that makes absolutely no logical sense, but, but it gets the movie going, i.e. I- grabbing hold of a corpse's hand for, th- for 90 seconds. It's like, nobody does that. that. It's not like spin the bottle here, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you don't, don't want to do that. it any longer than 90 seconds yeah. either. So. Yeah,
2: but uh, the, the, I, I like to allow, a horror, particularly horror movies, one really bad decision. You know if it gets too many bad decisions it gets boring but if if that 's the only really bad decision that makes no not, no sense at all and the rest of it is this descent into demonic madness that it looks like in the trailer, I would be very interested in seeing this and that the lead actress is actually i actually kind of felt for her in in the trailer so i 'm going to give it a blah.
1: Oh, okay, a high uh, blah Rob, Rob
2: whats are you? <laughs>
3: Ooh. Um, yes, uh, I to me this seems very much like uh, the monkey's paw, um, however, it's a corpse. Um, is it a corpse, it corpse though?
0: Cause it, or is it just like a ceramic hand? Yeah, yeah. I don't, ceramic I, me, it, yeah. yeah. I don't know. To me... It looks like
2: a corpse
5: hand it, to me.
3: Yeah, it looks yeah. like so a corpse I, hand I, to me. It's the fact like that like it like actually grips
2: <laughs> their hand back. It's it kind does? Of
3: intriguing to me. Well, yeah, me. but I thought that was kind of the, well, yeah. like the monkey's paw thing. <laughs> where, you know, yeah, once, that's why I said the... so. It's intriguing to me, and I think that's where they're going with the impressive practical effects that they're showing you. Like, they're starting with this
0: See, I thought it was just, like, a white ceramic thing because everybody, like, wrote on it and everything. I... But we don't know the premise of yeah, why they true. had to
3: write yeah. on it. It could be to write on it so that you could actually get that maybe in like a seance almost. You know, it kind of reminds me of yeah. like they're using it as like a seance slash Ouija board type thing. Yeah, okay.
0: um, the premise actually I was just confused by all that. I'm like. intriguing to me. Oh, yeah.
2: If you write all the stuff on the Ouija board on it and, you know, you have you have yes on the thumb no or goodbye on the middle finger i mean it, it all works it? No. No. <laughs> no. But, no no i was you like, like you, you guys are getting that way more, that. more detail out know that know right. on so he, i think he was speculating there. but um
3: you know to me there was the constitution actually on there every par- every word of the every paragraph <laughs> <laughs> sorry no, you're fine you're fine um but to me yeah no i it actually looks intriguing to me so um i'm gonna give it a so-so
0: oh, okay Make sure you scare the crap out of the people in front of you with those jump scares. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, what is next?
5: The next one is Sympathy for the Devil. And the synopsis for this is, After being forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high-stakes game of cat and mouse, where it becomes clear that not everything is at its seems. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I can't tell you the last time I've watched a double J assigned trailer, and that's Jimmy Jones. <laughs> That I've never heard of and been like, whoa, I want to watch that. Like, really watch it. Because <laughs> most of the time, I already know the trailers. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Looks good. But man, Nicolas Cage is back as a villain. Yes, sign me up. Castor Troy version 2. I was a huge fan of his villain fake in face off. I'm just as that. Humor, dark, and easy to hate him. Um, I don't think this will play in theaters, so I think it's just going to be streaming. But if it was going to hit theaters, I'd have to say good for me. I liked what I saw, and I actually want to see more of it. Um, I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> I I think it looks good, man. I don't know. It's a good for me.
2: Was that actually a line in the trailer? <laughs> uh, no, that was in uh, no, Face no, Off. No, that was from oh, Face Off. off. Oh,
5: he, okay. was, yes, he, had, he had a, quip, a quippy little catchphrase at the end of the trailer, but I'm blanking on what it was. But he totally had that.
0: Oh, I wanted to be a 100% sex appeal tonight, but you've now got me down to 50% sex appeal. (laughs) Yeah, it's a (laughs)
1: freaking
5: stupid trope, but man, it made me laugh. I I dug it. So I was like, I I, want to watch it. I I don't know. I'm going to break my touchdown streak. I'm going to say, I think it's if it's streaming, it has to be a blob. But if it was gonna be a theater, I would go see it. So good for me.
0: All right, let's just put good and see because uh, either way, I'm sure there will be a Filippo's horrible review on this one. So <laughs> I uh,
5: gotta see it, man. It'll probably disappoint, but <laughs> I'm uh, watching.
0: All it. right, after watching the trailer, I am thoroughly convinced that the director said, "Give me Crazy Nick Cage. You don't need a script. Just improvise your scenes. <laughs> just be Crazy Nick."
5: <laughs> exactly.
0: That has got to be what happened because I can't make heads or tails of what actually is going on in this trailer. Is he really supposed to be the devil or just crazy Nicolas Cage? I'll be finding out from the comfort of my home. I'm going to give it a blah. Because it does actually look intriguing. Rob, what say you?
3: Uh, Nicolas Cage, yes. (laughs) Playing the devil? Oh, yes. Or possibly the devil. Um, But we will have to find out.
0: Oh, we got to pause it right there as we take this hard break. When we come back, we'll get Rob's impression of sympathy for the devil. So don't go anywhere more. Pop culture kaboom with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's horrible reviews, right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we are going over the movies that'll be coming out this week, the week of Move Screen. July 24th through July 30th. It wasn't (laughs) moving fast enough. Uh, So far, uh, here is our score off of the first four movies. Uh, Mistress, or the mistress, I should say. Uh, All of us gave it touch browns. Shrapnel. Spencer gave it a blah. Uh, Tony, Rob, and I gave it a touch brown. Talk to me. Rob gave it a so-so. And Tony, Spencer, and I gave it a blah. Sympathy for the devil. Tony gave it a good. I gave it a blah spencer's not uh, yet Robert. uh but, but rob was about to tell us what he thought yes. of sympathy for the devil
3: yes as i was saying both um the aspects of you know the devil being portrayed by nicholas cage is a very 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 good yes for me um i think he would take this role and just go with it like excellently um, I'm, so, I'm
0: glad you didn't say he'd take this role seriously, because... No, actually, <laughs> I don't think
3: he ever... I think he takes all his roles seriously, but I think he gets into his character. I think he's a very good method actor. Yeah. I, I don't know if he I, is a method actor, but to me, he is. Because <laughs> I can see him embracing right. all of it's his crazy. roles.
5: Crazy.
0: I'm sorry, what was that, crazy Tony?
5: Nick Cage. Yeah. Crazy yeah. Nick Cage right there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it, it, you know... um,
3: yeah, so to me, like definitely, this is a good. If it was definitely going to be in the theaters, I've, I've saw, I saw it was looking up on the break, and it says that it is going to be released in theaters, but I can't find a theater that it's being released at. So, <laughs> what?
1: Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, that's yeah, a bummer.
3: So, in that case, then you know, it obviously
2: would have to be a blob. But I would say good if it's in a theater. Well, let's just say good,
1: uh,
0: Spencer. What say you?
2: You know, I love me some good crazy Nick Cage. You know, Mandy. That that movie is just so <laughs> trippy, and you know there are some actors that you know when they play the devil or something or, or you know play somebody who could he be the devil? You know it's like Al Pacino, yeah, he's the devil. De Niro, yeah, devil. Nick Cage with him be, with him going full crazy in this one. Remember how I was talking in the other about the in the other review? Is it a real person? Is it supernatural? Is it a stalker? Is it is it a, is it the actual devil? I'm hoping this will be the movie that'll make me go. Wow, I had I kept guessing because Nicolas Cage is just crazy enough that he could just be somebody who's intensely psychotic and and just can't take your eyes off him awesome to watch. Or he could actually be the devil, you know, coming coming down to Georgia to steal uh, you know, Rick Flagg's soul. And so <laughs>
0: Which he did in the cab. You can have anything you want, he did a little hand gesture. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: That was kinda of yeah, weird. So Yeah and and,
0: and that, that was another thing I couldn't figure out about that trailer. Was he in the back seat or in the front seat? Because he kept jumping back and forth. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I I think he does part in the I movie. Think that's part probably of the
2: aspect
1: of <laughs> yeah, his devilish. Yeah, and, and,
2: and <laughs> that is one of the things that also was intriguing me about this. I am going to add my my course of good, add my voice to the chorus of good on this. Okay. Because I love crazy Nick Cage. All right, there you have it. The
0: best-reviewed one so far this year might not even be in theaters, unfortunately. All right, uh, yes, uh, Nick Plage does play good crazy, or he just uh, actually plays crazy good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. don't know about... a good maybe, way to put that. I don't know if uh, any crazy can be considered good, but accept uh, when you're oh, playing it. Yeah. Which brings us to the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, which is Haunted Mansion. Here's the easy synopsis. A woman and her son enlist a motley crew, not motley crew the band, but a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help rid their home of supernatural squatters. Hmm. Uh, so Disney is trying to capture the lightning in a bottle that was the Pirates of the Caribbean. But after watching the trailer, I think they failed. I got more of a Scooby-Doo vibe out of this than a haunted attraction from a theme park. And I'm almost scratching my head on what exactly the reasoning behind the whole thing is. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The minute I saw anything uh, as funky, weird, in a house I just got, I don't care how I got it. I'm out then and there, period, end of story. So it'd be the shortest movie on the planet. Touch Brown. Tony, what say you?
5: Oh, man. It's funny. I didn't even read the synopsis of Motley Crue. I could have cracked so many jokes. <laughs> but home I, sweet, I, I home. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. I'd like to go to Mick Mark in there with a the top hat. So. Um, you know, this is one of my favorite rides at the Land of Diz in the World of the Mouse. Um, I know it's been done with Axel Foley in the 90s and the Muppets. Both were meh. Um, this has the Sakatano, the Penguin, and Lightning McQueen. For those that don't know, that's Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, and Owen Wilson. I do not expect this movie to be great by any means, but it does look entertaining enough for me to go see it. Um, so I will give it a so-so. I'll, I'll go catch a matinee of it, but but I'll go see
0: it. All right, and another one on the review train for this week from uh, Mr. Sanfilippo. <laughs> <laughs> Rob or uh, Spencer, what say you?
2: Well, you know, I am very tired of the live-action remakes of the, the rides and stuff. But now we're getting a reboot of a live-action re- of a live-action remake of a, of a Disney ride. Wow, really. Yeah, because you know back uh, they were trying to cash in on uh, Eddie Murphy's popularity as Donkey, you know. So they brought they brought him in as the main character for the last Haunted Mansion movie, wow. and basically he was doing his Donkey impression as he was flying around on a chair, going, hey, "You you don't want to hunt me," yeah, yeah, yeah and all that all this crap, and it was it was that was it, a good that was a good Murphy man. That's <laughs> a good one, Donkey. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but um, this one looks better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um I, you know, I, I like Danny DeVito. I mean, I'll I'll give anything he's in a chance. I mean, I was not um I'm still not the biggest fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but when he joined the cast, it actually got a bit better in my humble opinion. Okay. And and I just like Danny DeVito because of things I've I've heard about him, you know, from behind the scenes and stuff. And I did like the one scene where um Owen Wilson is like you know, I don't find any of you scary, except for you. You're kind of terrifying. Can you turn around, please? <laughs> I found that. That actually <laughs> gave me a chuckle. So um, I will give this a, uh, I, I probably wouldn't go see it in a the theater. I have a sneaking suspicion my daughter's going to make me see this. So, but, but probably not until it's on streaming. So I will give it a blah. Okay. It's a, it's a mid blah. Rob, what say you?
3: Uh yes, um Jamie Lee Curtis as Leota. Nice. I thought that casting was actually excellent. As her mother played the original voice of Leota when the ride originally opened. So lot I was not aware right of that. There. That's nice. Um, oh, that's
4: a cool, cool tidbit.
3: Yeah. So I, to me, this Disney's going back to its roots. Is trying to go back to the watcher in the woods and have a little bit of a scare. Um, from what I'm understanding, they are having some jump scares in this movie. Um so Disney's kind of trying that horror comedy vibe I think that they tried with Arachnophobia when they were had uh Touchstone Pictures um which I loved I thought that it was a great oh, yeah. mixture yeah. of comedy and horror um so I think if they do this well they have some great comedic actresses they mm-hmm. got great horror actresses you got Jamie Lee Curtis she does both so I think mm-hmm. you know you got a great casting there Tiffany Haddish um so i i think it's i think to me it's going to be good i actually have tickets to go see it on friday with my kids nice so <laughs> <to> <laughs> it me, is... it's
2: going to be good i hope <laughs> it is weird how like comedic actors can do other genres so well just because mm-hmm. i think there's just a, a thing the about timing. the timing yeah, yeah exactly
0: well I, I don't know how this happened but interestingly enough this movie got every rating we got <laughs> <laughs> um, so the haunted mansion finishes with Rob giving it a good, Tony giving it a so-so, Spencer giving it a blah, and I'm giving it a touch brown. So we covered the entire spectrum of the rating system here on the That might
1: be the first that. movie <laughs>
5: that that has that has achieved that.
0: I think so. I've yeah, never. I, so. I, 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 I can't. All, I cannot remember that. Do you know? uh, Sympathy for the devil though remains the h- highest rated one with three goods from Rob, Spencer, and Tony, and I gave it a blah. Uh, Talk to me as uh, Tony, Spencer, and I gave it blahs. Rob gave it a so-so shrapnel. Spencer gave it a blah. Everybody else, meaning Tony, Rob, and I gave it a touch brown. And Mistress was just a big brown streak. Touch browns all the way down (laughs) the line from all of us. Uh, So that was the movies this week. Next week, I can't wait to get your opinion on this one, Tony. It is going to be quite the week of movies next week, starting with the four hundred pound gorilla in the room, which is going to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' mutant mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. Meg two the trench. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Mobland. Now everybody's
2: like, what? And then, then there's the tumbleweed. There yeah, there
0: you go. <sighs> Till death do us part. Top land? <laughs> uh, and the collective. So yeah, yeah. Started off re- really high, and then it was like uh, dropped off that cliff real quick with those. Yeah, it I... did. I was like, yeah, <laughs> had,
5: had two two big ones I know of, and I've seen trailers for. So that's good. The other mm-hmm. three I haven't seen yet. So uh, any crazy Nick Cage in any of them?
0: Uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, um, no, but yeah, I just looked up titles, and yeah. I was like, yeah. But you, you know had
2: Jason Statham kicking a kicking a giant shark in the nose. <laughs> okay. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: So, okay, that wasn't, done. because, uh, and also coming up after that is when I know it. Rob's probably looking forward to seeing, the last voyage of the Dimitri, Dimitri. 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 Ooh. Yeah. The
3: vampire in that actually looks really good.
0: This looks really creepy. Um, it's definitely uh, not the Dracula that you might remember. <laughs>
3: well, well, what's yeah. nice about this is that they always kind of pass over the whole ship. Like scenes in every Dracula movie. I yeah, mean it's over. just kind of like anything. So, yeah, it's actually kind
0: of
2: cool to see everything that that happens. Yeah, it's weird. it's not a prequel. It's kind of a sidequel. So well, you, know, you know how it ends, but it's, it's more in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a, it's it's a, a sidequel. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it kind of happens in it's the middle cool. of the story. It's a midquel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah so you know how it ends, <laughs> but it, but like like Rob said, they typically skip over this mm-hmm. part. So this should be int- it. Could be interesting. Who knows.
0: It could be. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, haunted house movie on a boat. So, <laughs> or or or
3: worse. <laughs> well, okay. because haunted house, you're trapped in a haunted house. Okay. I'm su- on a boat. It's uh,
0: really okay.
2: you can't really go anywhere. We gotcha. got the sharks. You know, <laughs> I suddenly had the lonely island storm going through my sea. head. Now <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. So Tony, um, anything going on in your world? Anything uh, worth talking about that you've reviewed recently?
5: No, I will be adding to Filippo's horrible reviews that will have um, some concert reviews. I've just been behind ever since I got back from Nevada and just been busy, busy uh, with work and uh, with family in town, just making little trips here and there. But uh, be putting up, I saw, I uh, uh, can't remember, I guess that's how good it was, right?
1: <laughs> I saw Serpent
5: Breaking Benjamin like uh, a week ago. So nice. I had a review of that, and I, I finally went and saw uh, Transformers. I mean, that's, I think it's already out on streaming now, but I <laughs> yeah. went and saw Matinee on Tuesday. Eh, it, was, it, was, it was okay.
2: Hey, for, for a Transformers for, movie, that's high praise these days. Yeah. yeah, you
5: know, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but... I could have done without the humans. If it would have just been all Transformers, it would have been awesome.
0: The you know, I say that about every people. monster movie, too. I
1: you know too. This it,
0: Godzilla movie would be a lot better if they just talked about Godzilla or showed Godzilla and not had the uh, uh, humans in here at all. So that, Yeah,
5: this had like a grumpy, bitter Optimus Prime, and the fights <laughs> were cool. But, man, the actors in this movie, they were all no-names. Um, mm-hmm. It just they drove me nuts. It took place in the 90s, and the actors and actresses straight just drove me bonkers. Like, ugh.
0: They're all no-names, and that. now you know why. So, yeah. Yeah, oh
5: my gosh, yeah. They, when <laughs> yeah. they took a step back, they're like, instead of putting at least someone you know, they went, nobody. And I apologize out there if there's people listening. like, yes, this person is in this movie, you idiot. Okay. Well, I don't know. Who that I've been following about. their no, career no, no. for years. Okay.
0: Good exactly.
1: For you.
5: <laughs>
0: this yeah. could be their big
1: blockbuster. Right. Well. <laughs> yeah.
5: I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to see any of their stuff. But I know I didn't get to partake in the uh, Phoenix question. But uh, I would. I didn't have a specific favorite toy that I regret not having it now. Like I regret not saving any of my toys <laughs> being a kid and and enjoying them. But uh, all my Ninja Turtles and stuff I had so many rare ones and classic ones and i opened them all and they got beat to heck mm-hmm. and you know but it would have been nice to keep those but i do have a funny one that i do regret it's uh-huh. not a toy from my childhood it is uh as a married guy when i was married to kathy we uh uh, it was right. It was a week before Michael Jackson died. She had this creepy uh, Michael Jackson Barbie doll thing. <laughs> oh. It was from the Beat uh, thriller, but it was the Beat It album mm-hmm. or from the Beat It video. So I go, why do you have this toy? She goes, I don't know. I don't want it. It's gross. Why would I? I don't want the stupid thing. <laughs> well, <then> where, <laughs> so,
0: why do you have this voodoo doll in your house? You, come on. It <laughs> no, just no, well, disappearing. So
5: check it. So her mom gave her boxes and boxes of her Barbies as a kid, unopened. And one of them, and she wanted to sell the Barbies, but we had this Michael Jackson doll in there, steel. And she goes, I don't want this stupid thing. No one's going to buy it. Because, you know, at that time, he was going through the petty thing and and all that weird stuff. So he, it's not like you thought this thing was going to be worth any money. So we took it to Goodwill. He passes the next week, and we look on eBay, and that particular beat it doll went for $2,500. Wow.
1: <laughs> we gave it to the
5: Goodwill. Yeah, so if I had a regret on a toy that I can think of, it'd probably be the Michael Jackson beat it video. Now, did uh, you scramble
0: toy. back to that uh, uh, that Goodwill <laughs> to see if it was still there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, they're selling it for $10. Right? Nobody gave it to the
5: Goodwill, and they, whoever got it, yeah, a huge score for them. But, yeah, we basically threw $2,500 in the toilet, yeah.
0: I bet you that's why somebody yeah. somebody bought it. It's probably one <laughs> of the Goodwill workers, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. So, you know, that's the answer to the Phoenix question. Of the week, since I didn't get to, uh, I wasn't a part of that segment. So I thought I'd share that with you
1: fellows. Well,
2: thank you. A I funny appreciate
1: funny that. That was yeah. a, a great story, actually. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was a great yet sad story all at yeah. the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: The
2: highs and lows
0: well, all, all in one, one, one paragraph. Arm. Yeah. That was great. So, it was great certainly a at dream. At the
5: end of the day, if, if she was more mad, because she's like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Like, I think she was more mad, but uh, it's great, you know. Yeah. You live and you learn. Hang on to your stuff, kids. You never know what it's going to be worth. So.
0: All right. So, hey, did you uh, catch the uh, uh, third season of The Witcher?
5: No, I haven't watched The Witcher yet. I need to. I haven't even finished Secret Invasion. I got... I got <laughs> that burnt one's out boring. On that
0: don't bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think everybody's I'm having a hard that. time with that one. I mean, yeah. they had to put it on the <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Well,
5: it's so bad that I'm reading all this stuff, and it's like, oh, Rhodey's a... He's a he's a scroll. Right. And then, is the real Rhodey coming back? And I'm like, dude, I don't even need to watch this. It's stupid.
0: Well, yeah, they, of it. course, the real roadies coming back. They can't have Scrody uh, doing uh, <laughs> the uh, ar- armor wars. I mean, come on. Right, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the
1: real,
0: the real. Well, the real Scrody, please, stand, name, up. please Scrody. stand up. Please <laughs> stand up.
5: Oh, man. That that's that good. Oh, wait. that,
0: that That's actually humorous on a number of points because Rhodey can't stand up because he got hurt in the, during the Civil War. Mm. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh.
2: Layers, ladies and layers gentlemen. And layers. Layers. Please layers. direct all the hate
0: mail to popculturegaboom at gmail.com.
2: <laughs>
3: Make sure you like title the email correctly. Yeah. <laughs> follow yeah, the yeah.
0: Simple, yeah. Instructions, simple instructions. Simple yeah. instructions. All right. Tony, we got to take a break and and we got our special guest, Emily Skyle Golden from the Cordillera International Film Festival coming up next. So don't go anywhere. Uh, Mr. Sanfilippo, uh, have a safe trip back home and we will talk to you next week.
1: Thanks
5: fellas. Talk to you next week. Have a good
0: one. All right. We'll be back right after this. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in Pop Culture Entertainment. And if I can get my thing to work here, there it is. The Cordillera International Film Festival is coming this weekend starting Thursday, July 27th through Monday the 31st with 150 plus films, all-star panels red, carpet events, and parties all happening right here in northern Nevada at seven locations and here to tell us all about the excitement, glamour, and activities to satisfy the even the most hardened cinephile the co-founder and executive director of the cordillera international film festival emily skyle golden and how are you i'm
6: good how are
0: you i'm all right um before we get into all of that um i i, I just want to bring this up real quick my show is becoming like a uh, you, you ever hear that game uh, 6 degrees to kevin bacon uh, <laughs> it's become yeah. my show is now becoming six degrees to Eric Roberts because that's uh, oh, funny. <laughs> you're like the four, third or fourth person now that I've had on that have worked with him on a film, and uh I, I have yet to actually have him on my show.
6: <laughs> oh, funny, funny, yeah! I've brought him here, and so there's probably a lot of at least Nevada folks that worked on. That he was in, I, I would imagine, here, but also other people you interview. He's a busy man.
0: Yes, he is, and <laughs> in, in, in high demand with the film industry. Uh, yes. He's a fantastic actor. Um So, the Cordillera International Film Festival is coming up. Uh, kicking off the Cordillera International Film Festival is the f- well, filmmaker welcome reception at 5 o'clock. Um, on Thursday, and, yes, and then the, it goes straight from there into the opening night red carpet premiere. Um, so this year, a big packed event. How is it uh, as in, in comparison to last year? Is it, are you guys seeing a bigger turnout for this year as far as sales?
6: So we tend to sell out um, the different every year. We've been very very lucky with that. But the the new exciting thing is that we're doing more and we're having bigger venues. So we're still ticket sales are the same, but but there's more overall because we have uh, we're moving into bigger venues and we're spreading out. So we used to just be at the Galaxy Theater at Legends, now we're at Galaxy Legends and the Galaxy at Victorian Avenue locations in Sparks. So we've we've spread our wings.
0: Yay! Wow, and uh, a lot of good films coming uh, to the to the Reno Sparks area with the Cordillera International Film Festival this this time. Um, and not that it's to say that there were bad films last time, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, as far as, uh, what's going on with the, uh, speed networking greet meet and greets with industry icons, that's going on Friday morning at an ungodly hour of 9. AM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is way too early for me. I gotta tell you right okay. now, I, I gotta have so much coffee to attend anything like that and be semi coherent. Um, but stuff like that is uh, geared towards helping out, uh, um, um, uh, upcoming or, or people who are new to the film industry, which is kind of like a cornerstone of what uh, the Cordillera International Film Festival does, right?
6: Yeah, it's a huge part is finding emerging voices, um, people that they people that are establishing very early on in their careers that they have a really good voice in storytelling through film, and so we bring these iconic, incredible. Filmmakers, uh, Oscar nominees, Oscar award-winning, Emmy award-winning talent, directors, writers, and we bring them to the we bring them to Reno, and then all of these emerging filmmakers that we this year we have I think 211 filmmakers from 83 countries around the world that were submitted uh, attending. So it's huge. And we do these speed networking events so that they can sit in front of them. It's like speed dating, except no one's allowed to (laughs) (laughs) flirt-ish. But they get to sit in front of this icon, right, As as a new filmmaker. Or, my goodness, just a film lover. You sit across from someone and you talk to them for five minutes, and then the bell rings. You stand up, you go, move one seat over, and now you're talking to someone else incredible that you may or may not have a talent crush on or love their films and, and what they do or what they've written. So it's a pretty incredible experience of networking for locals that just love movies and want to sit in front of somebody you know, or, or fans uh, that are trying to become filmmakers themselves. So it's a pretty exciting event. That's Friday morning. And the tickets to that, 15 bucks. So if That's you're incredible. somebody,
0: so if you're somebody who's like you know gets starstruck, are, are you able to ask for autographs before you leave the table?
6: <laughs> no, no, you're not allowed to pitch, ask for pers- like ask for a business card or ask for them to sign anything. Otherwise, it's a comic con and it's a thousand dollars because you're meeting seventy amazing people, right? <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> nice. different thing. Yeah.
0: Okay um, uh, There is something interesting going on as well um, There is also going to be the uh, uh, I'm skipping way ahead uh, Friday night yep. um, But the the Cordillera International Film Festival Music Video Showcase Q&A And After Party um, That will be going on And probably the biggest question I have about that Is because uh, their song Their current song Watch the World Burn Is all over the radio stations And is Falling in Reverse going to be there
6: um, we don't know. We don't know. They haven't confirmed. They did not attend last year. Um, we had a, vid- a video from them before, uh, but they're they're very supportive of Cordillera. Cordillera is very supportive of them. Um, our programmer saw them randomly back in the day, fell in love with their work, and has and has been in communication with with them for quite some time. And the director of the videos, uh, so uh, we definitely love to support everything that they do. Uh, they. They've done very well We've, and and flourished obviously over the years.
0: Yeah, and like I said, they're currently their their current single "Watch the World Burn" is uh, being getting lots of spins on various FM radio stations, even ours, I think. Um, so that's
1: nice. <clears throat> that's awesome. I
0: think so, and so it'd be really yeah. cool to have them there and you know and get to meet them and talk to them a little bit and say play more shows in Reno. <laughs> <laughs>
6: We've definitely yeah, because they're uh, at least the director's Nevada based. Um, their music, uh, as well as uh, over the last couple of years, our music video program used to just be a few, like maybe 15 minutes long and with no guests. And now we've had, uh, filmmakers that their, their music video premiered in Tribeca and they come to play with us. We've had Grammy award-winning musicians show up and do acoustic sets for us. Uh, so it's definitely become a pretty cool event for Cordillera, And it's right after movies in the park. So we do our summer shorts series uh, which, by the way, we're four for four with a film screening during Movies in the Park in July in Reno going on to g- that specific program going on to get shortlisted, nominated, and or win an Oscar uh, the following year. So that's, a good block to come see short films and kind of see what independent cordillera is about and then afterwards everyone just kind of walks over to the bar <laughs> and watches <laughs> the music videos and parties so it's a long night go. it's a long, it doesn't even start the uh, music videos don't even start till eleven thirty.
0: Yeah so that and then, uh, then you have to try and get up at 9 a.m. for the industry insiders panel um, but so um, what is the industry insiders panel going to consist of?
6: So it gives insight to filmmakers and advice on how to find your path. Uh, so we have, like, Don Gilliam. Don Gilliam is Black Panther, Star Wars. Uh, her very first movie was Boys, Boys in the Hood. Um, she's been by J.J. Abrams' side with Lost and, and just so many amazing projects. Also, Oscar films like Fences, Creed. I mean, she's incredible. She'll be on that panel. Bilali Mack from The Whale, just off of an Oscar uh, winning uh, we've got uh, actress that'll be on. Um, her name is Sophia Sanchez. She's starring in the new. Uh, she's a co-star in the new Hunger Games movie coming out in November. So a really exciting panel. Uh, Bill Farmer himself, voice of Goofy, will be talking about voiceover. So if you're someone who's just wanting to stick your toe into the industry, you can kind of learn from some of the biggest success stories within their given fields, uh, and t- and and get advice on finding your voice, finding your path in Hollywood.
0: And I, I couldn't find panel number two though. So I, I, panel number one was the speed networking, and panel number three was the industry insiders. But what was panel two? I missed so that. panel
6: two, oh, panel two, no, we pivoted. Two. Oh. Um, so we're going to be cha- um, We are actually going to be changing those numbers because we just made the decision today. Panel number two is going to be a SAG focused, and because of the SAG, um, the SAG strike, we're pivoting to make sure that we stand in solidarity with the current union strikes. So we're we're still pivoting. It'll be a surprise. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Um, and then Sunday morning at 9 a.m. is the Cordillera Pitch International Fest. Festival Pitch Fest 2023. <laughs> and Pitch Fest is actually a really awesome program. Um, I encourage anybody who, who has a film idea that this is definitely something that you want to participate in, especially at the Cordillera International Film Festival. But for those who don't know, Emily...
6: Sure. Pitchfest is an amazing opportunity for somebody who has anything from just an idea at its spark to a full-fledged person with a pitch deck, a sizzle reel, a full screenplay. Uh, And what you do is you get the opportunity to be in front of our panelists. This year, I think it's almost a $175,000 Pitchfest package, production package, and uh, you're pitching in front of people who can make your movie if you win. It doesn't mean they will but they can give you advice. You have three minutes to sell your story to them, get them excited about it, and then they have three minutes to then give you feedback so you can kind of learn, uh, get suggestions. It's pretty powerful and impactful and empowering to, to hear from these legends on what they liked, what they think you can improve on. Uh, so it, I mean, if you consider the tens of thousands of dollars people spend putting together opportunities to have a 1 minute elevator pitch with these individuals and you've got multiple amazing humans sitting in front of you for this chance and the coolest thing about pitch fest is that we do a wild card drawing where anywhere from 1 to 5 people depending on how much time we have from the audience will pick a raffle and if you've submitted your name and you want a chance you can literally be drawn and given a chance and the opportunity of a lifetime to pitch for these folks. It's pretty amazing.
1: Eric from
0: <laughs> Whittier, Eric from Whittier, California says, uh, "If sounds like I could finish my indie film."
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty incredible package.
0: So there, there's that. Um, also, uh, an interesting thing, and you get, and you were looking for actors and actresses to, to help out with this. Is the screenplay finalist table Ratings.
6: Yes, this is so cool. So we bring, we have this year, we had 30 finalists, we have 20 screenplay finalists and 10 short film screenplays. And the uh, the screenplay writers that attend the festival in person get to select a five-minute uh, scene from their film, and we use community talent to uh, do a table reading of it and bring their script to life. It's a pretty amazing opportunity.
0: And some interesting scripts, too, because I, I saw I was uh, perusing them and uh, some uh, uh, an interesting mix of films too. everything from uh, horror to um, uh, dramas are represented here with uh, a lot of these. Um, uh, some of the names I can't say on on. FCC-regulated radio.
6: Sure, yes. (laughs) I know exactly which one you're talking about, too. Yeah, uh, it's a really eclectic mix. We don't judge people for their titles. (laughs) But uh, just we've had over 4,000 submissions in consideration this year. Wow. Uh, Yeah, from 83 countries. So if your film gets in, uh, the the best thing I can say is 4,000, and we program eight dramatic short films, eight comedic short films, Eight feature films and we build blocks around them so i think you definitely have less than a five percent chance of, of getting into the film festival so the ones that make it are just world-class incredible projects
0: And then, of course, Sunday night after the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio show is over with, boo, boo, (laughs) uh, uh, all of the awards will be handed out, as well as uh, your vote, your winner, at at 9 p.m. with a closing night party at 9.30 p.m. Um, Yes.
6: So I want to clarify, the actual award ceremony is Saturday evening. Uh, Sunday is just the audience choice and Pitchfest winners. So Sunday you go to see what the audience loves, uh, and Saturday you go to see the actual jury, uh, grand jury, prizes and all the cash and all of that stuff. Uh, so that's a very formal, bougie fun you put on your gown and your tux night. And whereas Sunday night is a really fun, uh, fast-paced audience choice, we announce our Pitch Fest winner, and then it's a pizza party and a trampoline, a trampoline jumping at Defy. The Sky Trampoline Park. So that's a super fun, casual event.
0: So that concludes four days of the uh, Mm -hmm. Cordiller International Film Festival. What what about day five?
6: So day five is is actually not film. uh, We don't screen any films or have any panels on day five. It's a very exclusive event that is sponsored by the Film Nevada Initiative, and this year our partners are South Lake Tahoe. And, uh, South Lake Tahoe Tourism and Visitors Authority as well as Heavenly Resort and Edgewood. And we take our 100 of our filmmakers, studio decision makers, VIPs and celebrities and we tour them. We give them a tour of the region in hopes of inspiring them to come back and film here. And so far it's been a really good success. So I, I hope this year continues that trend for us.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many directors I've had on my show that were, if I've brought that up to them that this area you're 30 minutes away from any kind of shooting location you pretty much want you can go up to tahoe and get the wilderness and this in nevadas you got reno if you need any kind of cityscape or dystopian looking futuristic or you know rundown futuristic filming um go we got ghost towns if you want to do westerns uh, you got everything here so uh, literally for open air shooting locations
6: so. oh it's incredible and um, then We also are building a a really impressive crew base. Um, We have one company. uh, Everything I know is NDA, unfortunately, but uh, we do have uh, talks of studios coming here. We have five feature films uh, coming starting in August, and we have one that literally shut down the streets today uh, filming (laughs) a feature film shut down downtown, (laughs) uh, which is not a feature film. Sorry, it's a series, but it's the single highest budget thing to ever come to Reno, and I cannot wait until I talk about it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Darn NDAs. Darn NDAs.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like
0: it's going to be a lot of fun with the Cordillera International Film Festival. I have, like, a ton of info that I was wanting to talk about, um, but I know you're not feeling well this evening. Oh, um, thank you so much, and I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no apologies. I just want you to get better because uh, you've got a huge week coming up. So yes, you,
1: yes. Take a yes. of
0: NyQuil, get plenty of rest, and drink your <laughs> fluids. And uh, I, I will see you Thursday night. Awesome. We'll see you then. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. And for everybody else, we'll be back with more Paul Kuljigabum Radio Show. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please call us, 775-515-4141, from anywhere in the world. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. If you'd like to find out more information, if you'd like to submit for next year for the Cordillera International Film Festival, go to their website, org And uh, developer... Iguana Bee Studios and publisher Game Mill Entertainment announced their latest game, Skull Island Rise of Kong, which is coming later this year. The game will be taking on the history of the island, which was developed by creator Joe DeVito and based on Marion C. Cooper's King Kong. The third-person action-adventure game will have you take on the role of Kong himself as you will take on various predators on your home island in a quest for vengeance and to assume your rightful claim as King of Skull Island. Uh, we don't have re- release inform- a release date yet, but we do have the latest trailer for you to watch uh, as the game will be released for PC and all three major consoles. Until then, here is the official synopsis. Uh, take on an action-packed quest to avenge the death of Kong's parents at the hands of the ultimate alpha predator, Syrian Terror... N- Gaw... <laughs> Gaw huh. Sirius G-A-W Gaw Gaw, Gaw. Uh, Gaw. Traver- Traverse the mysterious island And uncover its secrets Across a fa- variety of treacherous environments Discovering the power Coursing through its exotic flora and fauna Conquer waves of primal beasts Defeat unique bosses And rise above all who stand in Kong's way Of being king Start your journey as the orphan Kong and experience his evolution to the king of Skull Island as you hunt for revenge against
2: Gaw. <laughs> sounds kinda of like Maneater, where you kinda of go and where, where you start as a little shark and you're avenging the death of your of your parents. <laughs> as
0: a little uh, shark.
2: Uh, yeah, you start as a little shark and you go around <laughs> eating Bullshark. things and you become a bigger and you become bigger and bigger and bigger shark and you evolve and you gain special fins, teeth, and all that fun stuff. So it sounds like that's what they're kinda of doing with Kong. You start out as a little monkey. A Little monkey? Little ape. And you and you become bigger ape. Maybe you even find a kryptonite axe. And you just keep finding you just keep finding things that make you bigger and better until you can be king and beat go. go. Gaw. Gaw.
0: Uh, So, yeah. Unleash the Fury of Kong. Deal devastating combos to dominate gaws for Ferocious Minions. And unleash your rage to heighten the impact of your attacks. There's got to be
2: at least one T-Rex you can kill by dislocating its jaw.
0: Oh, yeah. Just
2: rip that sucker right
0: out. Hmm. Uh, Send even the most gargantuan of enemies fleeing with your earth-shattering roar and brutal finishing attacks.
3: (laughs) Okay. So Gaw is the Ga. female leader of the fictional dinosaur race called the Death Runners on Skull Island.
0: Death Runners? Yep. They,
3: they aren't even real dinosaurs? Yep. They appeared in the 2005 novel Kong, King of Skull Island and Kong of Skull Island comic book series.
0: Oh. Hmm. They aren't even T-Rexes? No. Blasphemy. They're not <laughs> even real T-Rexes. They're just fake T-Rexes. Anyway, yeah, I, I did not, I'm not a King Kong fan, so I didn't... Pick up the yeah,
2: I, I am not book. that into, into the lore on Skull Island. I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I just thought there were like giant ants and stuff. <laughs>
0: See, all I remember from that movie is uh, him eating an octopus or a squid or whatever that was in a, in a shallow lagoon, which would never happen. And also, um, unless it was the thing, uh, the thing that lies beneath, you know, that from the and they're sitting there trying uh, Lord of the Rings, trying and to get into. The oh door. yeah, the, yeah, and, and it the comes Lord out tend, below or whatever. With, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they when they
2: figure out that melon is the is the password to get into the minds of Moria. Yeah, speak friend and enter. Yeah, or... melon. Oh, melon. Melon. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say melon. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's melon. Mm, Cantaloupe? Yeah, you just got to put the emphasis on the right syllable. Ah.
0: Electronic Arts and Respawn Entertainment have launched a new event into Apex Legends as the Neon Network Collection (laughs) event has begun. This is basically a very flashy event for you to jump into that will last through July 25th. Okay, so two more days. All the way to, to August twenty August 8th. Oh, so it starts on August 25th. Okay. Uh, you will be tasked with collecting nodes to unlock a variety of limited-time cosmetics. After limited-time cosmetics, does that mean that you'll only have them for a limited time, or they're only available? They're only, you know, only available
2: for only a limited available. time. They kind of show, I was there. Yeah. Until I sell them for, you know... And Game currency yeah. later. Yeah. Right. We're giving away for free when the game dies. Yeah. <laughs> as well as
0: having your progress through new storyline elements for a few different characters. After biding her time, Loba's hunt continues. Become the wolf and enter her story yourself as you breach a facility that may have started the inter, inter- interruption of her childhood with shady plot abound. abound sh- with shady plot abound. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, that, 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 there's some grammar <laughs> error there. <laughs> there. There's something
0: not right about that. All right. Was that written by AI or what? Uh, you'll walk through an, an interactive introduction. Interactive introduction. Uh, before entering the Battle Royal with a twist from July 21st through August 8th, use a node tracker in non ranked Battle Royal matches to detect, locate the optimal location to connect and hack into leads across the map to receive loot and com. com- Compute nodes, be quick, the battle won't pause for you to complete the hack. Compute nodes will be awarded post-match for you to use in the new event shop. Hmm. Yay, more ways to spend your money on microtransactions. (laughs) That's the day, that's the way it is now. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. Jinvid Entertainment has partnered with DC Comics and Warner Brother Games to announce a new game at San Diego Comic Con called DC Heroes United. This is a brand new interactive streaming series brought to you by the same studio that created The Walking Dead Last Mile. Only this particular series will allow fans to determine what kind of heroes or villains iconic characters from the DC universe will become. You will have the ability to determine how Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman work together, as well as whether they succeed or fail. All of which happen, helps build towards the eventual creation of the Justice League. The entire can, canon, can, canonical st- story of DC—I'm so glad I'm not doing cons and events. <laughs>
1: <laughs> story of
0: DC Heroes United is up to the audience to decide. With those choices having an impact on DC canon, no dates were given for the launch of this series, nor was it made clear if it would be tied to Facebook like The, the Walking Dead was previously. When the story of Earth-212 begins, our favorite superheroes and supervillains remain in the shadows, largely unknown to one another and mostly serving as legend and rumor to civilians. I think if somebody was walking around being a superhero everybody would know
1: about it
2: yeah superman is not exactly sneaky no well he can be he's super fast well, but still. yeah but yeah but you know that big big red and blue i mean it's kind of hard to <laughs>
0: if you get a cat out of a tree it will be on the news yeah. i hate to tell you uh viewers will decide whether the dark knight and the man of steel will work together whether they can trust one another and how much how Batman responds to Wonder Woman, <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow, oh, and <laughs> Superman fighting crime in Gotham City, whether Luke's Lex Luthor gives into his darker desires, another brown chicken, brown cow, and ultimately, who fights for good, evil or themselves, and why. A story whose decisions become immutably a DC multiverse canon, DC Heroes Unite United will feature a plethora of DC comic superheroes and supervillains, Beyond the Trinity, Jen Vid also teamed up with the renowned artist Terry Dodson to bring this epic sto- epic original origin story, to life.
2: Oh, really? I, lo- I love Dodson's work. He does. He's, he's a really good. He's a really good artist. Yes.
0: I don't know how 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 you're going to affect DC canon
2: with a game multiverse. Like it's it's a different universe,
0: but still, how are you going to affect DC can- multiverse canon? Because uh to make it a multiverse canon, that means it has to be incorporated into both film and comic book form well when
2: uh multiverse is canon. when a multiverse is acknowledged, they can just say, "Hey, you know it was what two one two this went yeah.
0: down into well. two one two
2: yeah so <laughs> so um, it'll have its own continuity, but they can basically access it in 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 movies or comics if they wish.
0: Yeah, and we kind of talked about this uh, last week, or last week Rob brought this up. Mm -hmm. TV Line reports that Ms. Marvel, which previously debuted on Disney Plus last summer, is coming to ABC in August. All six episodes of the Marvel Studios series will be presented, marking the first time one of Marvel's shows that previously debuted on Disney Plus will be aired on broadcast television. Mm -hmm. The first three episodes, first three, wow, they're really going for it. Uh, will air on Saturday, August 5th, 2023, from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Pacific Time. The second half of the season, uh, one, will follow by airing the next week on Saturday, August 12th, from uh, again, in a block from uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Pacific Time. The TV Line article speculates that this could be the first of many streaming titles to be aired on television in the coming months, as a direct result of the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. With the strikes affecting various productions, networks may 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 be looking to help fill some airtime in the fall for shows where they'll be missing content. I can make a couple of show suggestions, actually. Um, yeah, I guess you could create a flashpoint uh, event um and rewrite the the uh, 212 universe that way that would be yep, interesting could. <clears throat> that would be interesting eric um where was i uh, uh for all four shows that that were they will be missing content meanwhile while, meanwhile while that It actually is phrased that way. Meanwhile, while. I Meanwhile, while. Sounds like a song. Uh, Marvel is delving into broadcast TV with its Disney Plus content for the first time with Ms. Marvel.
2: Okay, I, I got it. Didn't they
0: do The Mandalorian yeah, already? Um, no,
2: no, no. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian, Star Wars. But they had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was actually a, a Marvel show. On network television, them saying first. No, no, no. It, yeah.
3: Agents of Shield did not premiere on Disney
2: Plus. No, no, but it was a show no, on network television. That's what they're
3: referring to is a show that yeah. originally appeared on Disney Plus is now appearing on broadcast television. Yeah, that's what yeah. the that's what the first is.
0: Yes, uh, into yeah. delving into broadcast TV with its Disney Plus content for the first for time. time. Okay, okay. Just, but I thought The Mandalorian was already on. No, that was they put that on Hulu.
3: Which is what they do with Secret Evasion. Hey. I think because the the content's a little bit more, they probably would have to edit some things uh, out.
0: I was right. It's it's worth noting that ABC previously aired the pilot episode of The Mandalorian. Mm. Boom. Okay. But not the whole Mark series. Up. No, is, not the whole series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought, too. I'm like, didn't they show The Mandalorian? And they did. I was right kind of uh cbs has also aired episodes of paramount plus shows like star trek discovery it's called std for a reason uh while nbc has brought peacocks the resort to broadcast tv i don't even know what that is
2: it's another reality show we can totally skip skip okay yeah, just put it in, put it in there with the uh, mysteries and thrillers section of the <laughs> for.
0: okay uh there have been rumors and reports of ms marvel getting a second season however as of now season two hasn't been officially greenlit at disney plus yeah, i don't think
2: they can greenlight anything right now no uh,
0: well they can they just can't mm-hmm. do it and move them they can't really cast anything yeah or, they can't yeah. make a move on it with that said there's still more to come with from Eamon Vellani as Ms. Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she will reprise her Ms. Marvel role on the big screen. Actually, that is probably one of the funniest scenes I've seen out of a Marvel movie yet. What's that? Where she's uh, on... Something happens. Yeah, she teleports because their powers are all linked. Yeah. And Any they time use they them, use them,
2: them they teleport oh yeah, she, teleport teleport t- 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 she goes Oh yeah, t- oh, I can way. show you. And they're like, no, but she yeah. does not and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she's just falling through the sky. Or yeah. no, okay.
0: not that one. The scene where she teleports onto a ship and she's next to the firkin Oh yeah, and, yeah, and she sees that she's, and uh, ah! tentacles yeah, and she's she's East Coast like, guys. Like, oh my god. That that was the funniest thing yet because that is an actual reaction that somebody would have yeah. to a cat with tentacles coming out of its well, mouth and like then eating the person, you know, yes. exactly. eating <laughs> two people. Yeah, so that that well, was that was well, funny.
2: And that is one thing about the, this actress, you know, this character, Ms. Marvel. You know, she started as a fangirl, and this mm-hmm. this, this actress does a really good job in doing the fangirling thing is, and having the very realistic reaction of watching an alien cat eat people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that has
0: got to be the best scene ever out of all out of a Marvel movie to me so far that I've seen in a trailer. Anyway. This uh,
3: is a, I actually, it looks intri- intriguing, the Ms. Marvel. With it kind of does, but
0: I don't know what they're going for well, here. I mean, yeah. the villain is like, Ms. Marvel, destroyer of the universe or something like that. And, yeah, but and the thing that I'm we, like,
2: well, who is this character? I don't even yeah. know who this is. Yeah, and they changed the, how Ms. Marvel's powers work from yes. the comics. Oh, yeah, they yes, did. They did. Oh, heck,
3: yeah, But that's because there's rumors that they're going to be bringing in... Um, Mr. Fantastic and her powers were too closely which are, yes. similar to that, yes. so. But it goes with the whole fact that they are they are changing her, and she's now going to be a mutant, yeah. Um, instead of inhuman, which is what she is, you know, currently, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and in the MCU, if you what because I well the MCU I, when you watch in, uh, the, the she's it plays mutant. into her being uh, her creed she, Well, she's a mutant in bloodline.
3: MCU. Well, she's well part they don't really action. have mutants yet. Well, yeah. that's, that's where... Yeah, that's, what, that's where they're going. Yeah. They're yeah, that's where they're she's, going, yeah. She's supposed to be the first introduction of the mutants in the MCU. You
0: know, you know which one I didn't get because the whole reason why... Because she, she didn't, like... Because um, the whole... Th- I, they're really changing mutants then because mm-hmm. the whole point well, of the mutants getting rid is once, of you hit, at, once you hit adolescence, that's when your mutant gene kind yeah. of triggers mm-hmm. of adolescence. With her... It was because she put a bracelet on and it was triggered right. by her Cree lineage because she's part Cree or something like that. And yeah. that's why it activated. So I'm not getting the whole mutant thing. If you're going to go They're off of write the com- actual I, term. I think, I think that's what from- we're going
3: to find out in the Marvels. Okay.
0: Well, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I something to look. Two, because
3: yeah, I, I, I do know about forward. I do know like the comic book that's coming out with the with her being Marvel. Um, the actress is actually co writing it too. Oh,
2: mm. Okay, yeah. And so of course, you yeah, know, and this will be Ms. Marvel's big debut after being dead for about whoa two months, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, she will reprise her Ms. Marvel role on the big screen for the upcoming film, The Marvels, hitting theaters on November 10th, 2023. In the meantime, Ms. Marvel directors, I'm not going to try and pronounce these names, are keeping their fingers crossed to return for a second season of Ms. Marvel. Next. Okay. Oh, why did I got to do this one next? Adult Swim is currently in production with acclaimed director Shinokuro what a Nabi.
2: What's a Nabi, Yeah.
0: Uh, who has yeah, I'm, done? I'm, I'm Cowboy, impressed, by the way. Cowboy bebop. That. I, oh, yeah! I'm impressed. You. you got it right. Cowboy bebop, samurai champloo, kids on the slope, on the new Toonami original anime series, Lazarus. Hmm. Lazarus, not Lazarus. Lazarus. Uh, which we will talk about when we get back from this break. So don't go anywhere. More pop culture Kaboom radio show. Roll the this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture the Boomer Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. I just realized that whales is one of those words that are spelled three different ways and have three different meanings, but sound the same. Indeed. Now, mm-hmm. Whales, W-A-L-E-S, which is a place in England. Right, Wales W-A-I-L, which means you're whaling Whale, on somebody. Right. And W-H-A-L-E, the largest mammal in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> whales, all of them. All right, so we were talking about Adult Swim Hmm. in production with director Shidakuro Watanabe on the new Toonami original uh, anime series, Lazarus. The sci-fi action thriller will be produced by anime studio Mampa and feature action sequences designed by Chad... Stahelski, uh, who did the John, Wilk, John Wick film series franchise. Oh, yeah. In addition, the anime will also feature a score by the a collection of renowned jazz and electronic artists, including jazz saxophonist Kamasi Washington, West Coast Get Down, producer, DJ, and musician Floating Points from the Floating Points Ensemble, and producer, DJ, and music, musician Bonobo. Bonobo. Bonobo? Bonobo. Oh, there we go. Uh, Here's a look at the official overview that was released. The year is 2052. Oh, wait. Got to do more like the... uh, The year is
2: 2052.
0: An era of unprecedented peace and prosperity prevails across the globe. End of story. No, I'm kidding. Uh, The reason for this, mankind has been freed from sickness and pain. Nobel Prize winning neuroscientist Dr. Skinner never trusted a doctor named Skinner, has developed a miracle cure-all drug with no apparent drawbacks called Hapuna. Hapuna soon becomes oh, word that I can't pronounce and essential. <laughs> sorry. Uh,
1: sorry, I gotta see what the what word is.
0: Ubiquitous. Okay. Never saw that word spelled before. However, soon after who. Hapuna is officially introduced Dr. Skinner vanishes Three years later the world has moved on But Dr. Skinner has returned This time as a harbinger of doom <laughs>
3: Doom. Doom.
0: See that's why you never trust A doctor named Skinner
3: <laughs> yeah, His name wasn't a forbearing at all
0: <laughs> No not at all Skinner announces that Hapuna has a short half-life Everyone who has taken it Will die approximately three years later So three years after That means everybody's dying Right then and there hmm. I mean come on uh, death is coming for for this sinful world and coming soon. As a, as a response to this threat, a special task force of five agents is gathered from across the world to save. Well, if it was to save the entire world, I think you would gather more than five people. Well, and what, what are agents going to do? <laughs> Depends on what those gonna, five people are bringing. I mean, <laughs> you gonna, know, I'm going sh- <laughs> to.
3: You I'm, may only need those five. <laughs> I'm going to shoot this okay, virus, good this point. 45 <laughs> cal. Good, good
0: point. Okay. Touche. Uh, to save humanity from Skinner's plan. Will, was this his plan? I mean, really? Because it says for, from Skinner's plan, but was it his plan? I mean, he came back three years later to tell everybody that it only has a
2: half life. Well, you know, in Bleach, there was this bad guy that uh, basically everything that happened, they always go, oh, it was according to his plan. Oh, it was according to his plan. No matter how random it was. So so maybe, maybe he's just coming back, you know. Oh, well, gee, I screwed up, but I don't want well, people to I, know I screw up. It was all part of my plan.
3: After all. <laughs> that, that, that or when they, when he said, you know, what's your five-year plan? He took it literally. Yeah. <laughs> three-year, three-year, three-year plan. Three-year plan, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And if that's the half-life, that means that it's only six years, right? Yeah. Or, or what the a year and a half.
1: What the heck?
0: I mean, it, so they should have known that, like, in six years, everybody was going to
2: die. Mm, you'd think. Mm, but... Okay, this is just getting... If you're the well, that, right. this is what happens when something to has, has no... I to it, this, yeah. this is reasons. what happens when things have no drawbacks. You know it's too good to be true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was Skinner's plan.
0: Uh, this group is called Lazarus. Uh, can they find Skinner and develop a vaccine before
2: time runs out? I don't really care anymore, quite honestly. I thought I did, but now I don't. Mm. <laughs> Well, it sounds like the concept of threshold, where they were trying to figure out how aliens were invading and stuff. But threshold sounds far more interesting. A lot of things sound far well, more. Well, I had interesting. Brent Spiner being ultra snarky, so you know, I, I was always, that was always uh, a, a big plus for me.
0: Academy Award-winning <laughs> writer and director Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Bron, Branagh. Branagh. Oh, mm-hmm. that was very, okay. Who who was the first film director to bring Thor into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2011's Thor, is reportedly going to be adapting a classic 1994-97 cartoon series.
2: Yep, I know. I heard this Gargoyles. Gargoyles.
0: Yep, about a clan of gargoyles transported from Scotland to New York City. New York York City into a live-action film. That's where I kind of drawing the yeah, that's where it loses because you know there. you
2: know the gargoyles are going to be CG. I, yes. I hope they figure out some way to do them like 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 with the hand and. Mm-hmm. Uh you know where they can do them practically uh, you know maybe just augment like the wings with cg or something but i want i think they're going to have to do something because i mean
3: if they're going especially off of, like the cartoon series there's a lot of interaction with them and humans yeah yeah, and, yeah.
2: You know, i don't want it to do like it's the... going to be yeah. huge huge
1: yeah.
3: cgi budget they
2: would have yeah. to do practical yeah, effects yeah i don't want to them to do like things. Beauty huge and the beast CGI bu-
0: budget have you seen transformers
2: <laughs> yeah but uh, i've also seen the, the live action Beauty and the beast it was <laughs> like they it was like they told the actor Every time you move, it's ten thousand dollars. So move as little as possible. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I, I, I I'm, I, you know, I bag on Disney about this. I'm going to bag on the about this too. I, it should not. You don't take a cartoon and make it live action. Uh, that's all you have. Yeah. just yeah. Get, uh, Become make an original story based off of the characters that move the franchise forward. Yeah. The only I don't know why that is so hard yeah. to comp-
3: compute. You actually you could especially if they're trying to reboot Gargoyles. Yeah. They could totally, like, there's so much they could do within it making, like, a
2: reboot of that series. Yeah. Oh, easily, yeah. And still be able to use a lot of the original voice actors as, exactly. as even the live actors. Because hey. Jonathan Frakes was the villain in that. I loved him in that. Mm-hmm. He, and then uh, Marina Sirtis was uh, Demona. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they had a lot of great actors in that, I, that I love in that show. And then, you know, of course, you know, the voice of Goliath. you yep. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith yeah. David. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Keith David is iconic in and of his own right. So
0: right. I, I, this just has <laughs> to not, not be. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just.
2: <sighs> well, I just know they're going to have to need to get Keith David for, for the voice of Goliath. Otherwise, the rest will just fall apart. Yeah.
0: So the original series was primarily written by Greg Wiseman, Michael Reeves, and Byron Chandler Reeves. The news was reported by Brana's hometown newspaper, the Belfast Telegraph. Er, and even while the uh, Gargoyles animated series was still on the air, its acclaimed a blend of action and drama, especially its ability to push the boundaries of what was acceptable for children's animation, included its award-winning uh, episode about gun violence, a truly shocking subject for a kids' show of the era, mm-hmm. made it an appealing project for a live-action adaptation, and Disney be- began attempting to do a live-action film based on the series as early as 1995. The earliest attempts were quite dark, and after a revised draft that was even darker, the project went into limbo. It was brought back into development in 2010 when X-Men movie producer Lauren... Schuler, Donner, and Wolverine, and the X-Men writer Zoe Green, or Zoe Green began working on a film treatment. This version, though, was barely based on the original series at all, and instead used the series as a sort of springboard, like mm. the parts of the Caribbean movies. Most recently, in 2019, writer-director Jordan Peele expressed interest in doing a live-action version of the property. That would have actually been interesting. Um, but that deal never came together gargoyle's creator greg Wiseman, reported to query re- responded to queries about the f- about the film on twitter where he stated i'm thinking that's a flat out not true <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. so who knows if it is uh actually something that i mean is, with the, the strike going not.
3: on who knows if everybody's in the loop of everything that is yeah, true. and and who knows if it'll stay now too i mean well there's well think about it there was all these projects started back in 95 so it could be he's wanting to do the project doesn't mean it's going to actually come to fruition yeah
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: anybody who's made a deal pre-strike you know it could be it could fall through after mm-hmm. strike
0: So, I was not happy about that story at all because it's taking a beloved cartoon and
2: turning it into live action for no apparent reason whatsoever. Except Um, money. Disney likes money. Oh. And uh, they need to actually make some of it because a lot of their stuff's been tanking lately.
0: And now that I've covered that, now let me cover another thing that I don't like talking about. A remake slash reboot. One of the greatest horror comedies of all time. Dan O'Bannon's 1985 movie... The Return of the Living Dead <laughs> ended up launching a franchise that, to date, includes five total movies. But you mostly only hear fans talking about the first three, <laughs> kind of like Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> the first sequel came sequel came back in 1988 and featured returning actors. But 1993's Brian Kuzana-directed Kuzana Return of the Living Dead 3 went into an entirely different direction with a wildly different storyline and... It's become a cult classic in recent years, yep. thanks in large part to its central villainy, sexy zombie, played by Melinda Clark. <laughs> and then we got Return of the Living Dead, n- necro- necro- Necropolis, and hmm. Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. <laughs> hmm. Both released direct to TV in 2005. Why don't horror fans talk about them? Because they, they're, they're touch browns. <laughs> well, they took the franchise down a a not quite desirable path the two films cheaply made and shot at the same time and that was the end of the franchise for almost 20 years but the dead are never truly dead if george a romero and dan bannon taught us anything and it looks like return of the living dead reboot is shambling to life this year
2: yeah it's kind of interesting how return of the uh, the living dead is a, (coughs) a sequel to night of the living dead and then you had George Romero, who does his, who did you know, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. you know, and all those. And you have these ones that kind of off, went off in their own little separate branch. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting how copyright laws made that possible. Yeah.
0: Uh, the company, L- The Living Dead Media, is behind the planned upcoming reboot, which has Steve Walsh attached to direct. According to the company's official website, the next installment in the Return of the Living Dead franchise will reboot rather than remake. Living Dead Media previews, and uh, a quote, our reboot of Re- Return of the Living Dead will expand the existing world created by the original five films, while oh. staying true to the R-rated sci-fi, horror, dark comedy roots adorned by fans of the cult classic around the world for the last 35 years. The company also noted on their official website, we are excited to resurrect the stories, this stories, this a storied franchise for current fans and new generations of zombie fans.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, and actually it's Return of the Living Dead that started the whole brains thing because Night of the Living Dead, don't they, they never say brains? They, they ate, ate everything. They ate everything. They mm-hmm. didn't just eat brains. Like a
0: Buffet. It's been a while Since we've heard a peep About Eli Ross Borderlands movie An adaptation of the popular video game But we finally have a release date Out of Comic Con Lionsgate will be releasing Borderlands on August 9th 2024 Does that In, mean
2: it's been filmed?
0: Yep In the movie Lilith uh, Played by uh, Kate Blanchett An infamous outlaw with a mysterious past Because isn't that the way it always is Um, uh, forms an alliance with an unexpected team and I gotta cut it short there because we are out of show unfortunately so with that being said everybody thank you all for tuning in tonight no matter where you are listening we genuinely appreciate your being here we hope you enjoyed the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show a big thank you to our guests Brandon Boykins of Boykins Cosplay and the president of cosplay for kindness uh, don't forget to go and attend their event on Saturday July 29th at the Comics Coffee and Comics in Sparks Nevada and also a big thank you to Emily Skyle Golden the co-founder and executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival which is going hey. on this week starting Thursday July 27th through Monday July 31st tickets are still available at C-I-F-F-N-V we lost the music Oh, okay. (laughs) CINV.org, if you want to go and check that out. And I encourage you to. We will be there, hopefully. Uh, Next week, Sunday, July 30th, is an evening of fantasy and horror on the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Our special guest will be the fantasy writing duo, Susan and John Ruff. We'll be talking with Susan and John Ruff about their novel, The 60th Hour, and the Doorway to Magic Trilogy. And when you can expect a third and final installment, we also will be speaking with actor, Producer-director Nathan Faudry about his latest film, 17 years into making the horror film Site 13. We'll be talking with Nathan Do- Faudry sorry, about the process of making the award-winning film and what projects he has coming up in the near future. Please continue supporting the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show by listening every week to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show on KNBC 95.1 FM, If you missed any part of tonight's show, you can find it archived at KNBC 95.1 FM's website, knbc.org. Or you can subscribe to the brand new Pop Culture Kaboom radio show podcast produced by 97 Now Productions. And not only get tonight's episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that will be coming up as well. Also, check out the Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And one final request, subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. The first video will be up very, very soon, so please go check that out. On behalf of our guest Cosplay for Kindness co-founder and president Brandon Boykins and Cordillera International Film Festival, Emily Skyle-Golden, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNVC 95.1 FM, Spencer, Rob, and I. Thank you for your continued support. Have a great week. Hopefully we will see you at one of this weekend's upcoming events in the Reno area. If not, we will talk with you right here again next week live, Sunday 6 to 9 p.m. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits.